<laughs> Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke, and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts. And we are at episode 31, and this is our special Halloween episode because we are into October. And uh, we always like to do a themed episode for this month. Uh, we're both into Halloween and uh, horror season, so we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Um, but first, we got to get to a couple things. Um, we had a uh, Beat the Bandy winner last month, which was me, and that was for... We played Spy Hunter. Um, I think that... Uh, I find Matt it interesting that Matt comes up with these games and then realizes how much he hates them. Yeah, and that's what he said on He's Discord. Like, He's I like, I really yeah. don't like this game. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> right. But um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I really, I always liked that game back in the day, and um, it's one of those, no, it doesn't have an ending, and you just kind of try to top your score, and uh, it's fast-paced. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I always felt like it was just so like repetitive for me and I mean I, I enjoyed it for like ten minutes. And then Yeah. Well I'd pull it, it, it out does... and I'd put in Kung Fu or you know, <laughs> something else. Something I, I enjoyed more. Something else that might have been repetitive but not like uh, I used to play a real repetitive game, um, Tiger Heli. But oh, I mean yeah. it, it had yeah. it had like four stages overall, I believe. And then it loops. It goes back around. But there was something yeah. about the differences and um, the challenge of that one because there was little differences as you went. I mean, uh, the pretty much the enemies came out in the same spot and everything, but there was a couple little things that they would tweak a little bit. And um, well, there's a couple of things. So I'm not I'm not opposed to repetitive games that loop, but uh, that one I don't know. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things that pop up that make it interesting. Like at one point, if you get pretty far, it turns into snow and you start sliding everywhere. <clears throat> yeah, which, that's kind of cool. Get, pretty far to get to that point and then there's another part where you can jump into the water and turn into a boat and shoot things in the water which is pretty cool so i, th I think it's a pretty cool game but um yeah but what I, what i don't understand is is i understand this was a well this part i understand it's a port i get that mm -hmm. but i mean they took other games and ported them and tripped and uh, tweaked them a little bit like i mean rygar is a completely different game than oh, the arcade yeah, yeah. game i mean there's other games that they, you know well they could and even like something like uh Contra, right? It's essentially the of same course. game, but the NES is far superior. Yeah. So it's like yes. I don't know. It's just lazy. They could have, they could have thought what it was for. <laughs> this isn't an arcade quarter muncher. They could have used it, but still gave you some sort of um, end scene and you know, or big breaks in the middle or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, there is a Spy Hunter two for the NES, and that's actually one of the games I've been hunting for. And it's almost yeah, it's a little, little uncommon. Yeah, it is, and I, I've seen it a couple of times. It's at least a $50, $60 game, maybe yeah. more. Um, yeah. But I don't know if that one has like an ending, and that's more kind of refined, but I've been, I've never played it. But I'd certainly be interested in you know, getting that one and checking it out. But, but anyway, um, I, I did win, and Chris has picked uh, Adventure Island. I'm sorry, not Chris. Matt has picked Adventure Island for this month. And I, I approve not... of that game. Man, there was a time when uh, I was a, a young lad, and I, I owned that game because uh, I played it in the arcades, but it was called Wonder Boy. And when they made the, the home port for it, they had a Wonder Boy for the Sega Master System, but for um, the NES, it became Adventure Island, Hudson's Adventure Island. And they I guess they tweaked it a little bit. And... Um, then the Adventure Island series became its own thing, and the Wonder Boy series continued doing Wonder Boy stuff, right? 
But uh, I I beat Wonder Boy. I mean, uh, Adventure Island. I beat it. It's it's tough. But I beat it as a kid. I don't know. I haven't beat it in years, but um, it, it's tough, man. But I mean, if you stay at it, you can get through it. Well, I've never played it, it before. I haven't played it yet this month. Uh, Matt has a couple of scores up, and I have not played it yet. And I've never played it. I do have it. I probably played yeah. it when I got it just to test it or whatever. But ex- explain right. it to me, because I thought that was like a platformer. How how is it a, like a, a score uh, game? Well, you do you do get a score. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because you collect. Uh, you okay? So part of the game is uh, your health meter continues to decrease. So you have to constantly get fruit. Um, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of fruit through the uh, like apples and uh, pineapples and very th- various fruit. I think maybe in a banana. I don't know. I forget all the different fruits. But you have to get them as you're going through. And um, when you kill enemies, uh, you get points because uh, you can get an axe and... Um, you also get a skateboard that helps you go through the level quicker. So I think when you get to the end, you kind of get a time bonus. There's also like a, a little vase that kind of pops up. See, this is something you might want to watch a little bit of a playthrough for because um, there's hidden stuff on the screen These uh, that you have to kind of know where to jump. Mm-hmm. And um, and these little things will pop up. So it, Or you can find out on your own. I mean, I found out on my own in the arcade. Because, uh, like I said, the the Wonder Boy in the arcade is pretty much the same port as Adventure Island. And um, so we played it a lot at the arcade. And then when I saw that it was on the NES, I, I bought it. And so I kept playing it and got pretty good at it. But um, there is a score. And uh, each final boss, when you kill them, I mean, it's a little repetitive. Because essentially you're playing a very similar boss at the end of each level. I mean, they're a little different. But, I mean, the strategy is still the same. You're throwing stuff at its head and killing it and um you get points for that so um you know being that it's not a challenge to beat the game and it's just really you know beating a high score um i think it kind of lends itself to anybody playing it does this mean that you're gonna play it this month i actually might play it i haven't played adventure island in years and i have wanted to go back because i one of my uh, gaming shames in my mind is I've never beaten um, part two or three, and I always kind of was, you know, like when I beat when I beat one of them, I always kind of wanted to beat all of them, right? Like if there was mm-hmm. a series of them, and um, it being uh, how much uh, the game meant to me as a kid, you know, it's kind of it. It's one of those games that's kind of in my like favorite game list. I don't know if it cracks mm. the top ten, but it's definitely a top twenty. But I'm not saying necessarily it should be somebody else's favorite game. Uh, you know, I know nostalgia right. plays a little bit into that, but I do think it's a fun game, though. Well, I'm looking forward to playing it then. That's cool. And there's also an Adventure Island on the Super Nintendo and uh, an Adventure Island Two. And the Adventure Island Two, if I remember correctly, kind of has a more of a Zelda vibe to it. Um, I have that one as well. Yeah, there's that one's called Adventure Island Two for the Super Nintendo or Super Adventure Island Two is a kind of a rare game. Oh, it's not easy to find, and you find it. You're no, I was pay up. yeah, I've got Adventure Island Two for the NES. That's what I have. Yes, yeah, that's two. what I'm saying. Yeah. There's also uh, it continued on the Super Nintendo, and um, cool. Part two's a little pricey. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out and uh, maybe having you play as well. 
That'd yeah, be awesome. Time permitted. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. All right. Well, moving on. Um, what have you been watching or playing anything recently? Uh, I haven't really good? been playing anything. And as far as watching, mostly, you know, TV series and sports. Um, something that I did watch recently was the Ahsoka series that I thought was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I know. I know Star Wars nerds like to pick and nitpick every little thing, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I enjoyed it, so I don't really care what, you know, because I've watched these reviewers, and it's funny because it's almost like they can't, they don't want to lose street cred, so they got to complain because, you know, they liked it. You could tell, but then it's like, well, I know there's some issues. Yeah, I was like, okay, then what are the issues? And they and one of the, I think the cop-outs is a lot of people will say stuff like pacing issues. And I'm like, man, that's so, I, I find that such a lazy thing to say when you're reviewing it. I'm not saying there's not movies or shows with pacing issues, but it seems like a common fallback when they're trying to mm. criticize is a pacing issue. It's like, well, <laughs> all right, sorry your ADD kicked in and, you know, you couldn't sit through a little bit of storytelling that you needed it to just hurry up and get to the laser battles. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> You know, so the series is complete now, so it's over, yes. right? This, at least the season one is. So how do you, real quick, how do you rank it compared to like Boba Fett and Obi Wan and like Andor? Is it really uh, I, good? I like, I like you, it. Just... I, I really like it. I um, now keep in mind, I didn't watch all the cartoons. I didn't do the oh you have to watch this before the. I didn't care. I just went in it like listen, this is Star Wars, and if it's good, I don't need to watch. 25 episodes of rebels and right. 13 episodes of the clone wars. And I like those cartoons, but I've never watched rebels and I'm sure I would enjoy it. I have watched about four seasons of the clone wars. So I understand who Ahsoka is. She was mm-hmm. basically Anakin's or I don't know if it's basically, she was Anakin's apprentice yes. and she was a, a big character in those cartoons. And I guess the novels and all that. And I never, you know, read any of that, but, um, uh, I, overall, yeah. I liked it. I really liked uh, the villains. I really feel like that was the highlight, and and I felt like you know it's weird because like I said, they were meant, you know you hear this pacing thing. I actually kind of liked you know like the slow build to mm-hmm. some of the scenes, and I thought um, the the costume designs for you know they have these you know I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's probably something you'd see in the trailer anyways. You see these stormtroopers, and you can tell like they're weathered. I don't know if you know the story of, um, uh, what's his name, General um, oh, Thrawn. New girl. Thank you. There's this new girl at work. Her name is Fawn. Uh, she's not really <laughs> a girl. She's a older lady, but her name is Fawn. And, and I was I was wanting to say General Fawn, and I know it's not that. It's <laughs> yeah, it's Thrawn. And uh, I, you know, whatever. There's a little story. It. If you didn't see the cartoon, it doesn't matter. They 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 basically give you the gist of what happened. Or you can watch some sort of breakdown video that tells you things you need to know before you watch Ahsoka, and you'll be just fine. But yeah. uh, anyways, they, they got zapped to another universe or whatever, and they were kind of stuck there. But he had all these stormtroopers with them. And it's really cool because they really paid attention to, like, what like let's say I zapped you into the wilderness somewhere, and you were stuck there for three years. Your clothes would be all beat beat up and, 
you know, your hair would be long and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you're going to have all the amenities of your home. You don't have a washing machine. You might be washing it in the creek or whatever, but your clothes are going <laughs> right. to age. Right. And I really like that attention to detail, what they did with the stormtroopers and General Thrawn and his clothes. And I just feel like, man, that was great. You know, and maybe there were yeah. some little mistakes that I missed. And I know there's someone out there who's like, what about this? And they're typing. And that's great. You know, if it, <laughs> if it didn't hit with you, fine. Like, I enjoyed it. Right. Um, and then uh, I just recently started Loki uh, season two. And I've liked that so far. And um, gotcha. I don't care. If, you know, people are off the Marvel stuff. That's cool. I like this. I, I feel like it's got a lot to offer. I really enjoy time traveling and stuff like that and there's a little bit of that in this and um mm -hmm. and so far so good i'm only two episodes in because that's all that's been out and cool I i'm digging it so far so how about yeah, you have been watching anything well not not tv unfortunately because there are a lot of series i would like to check out i just haven't had the time life has been so busy um i'm, I'm trying to you know, get into the horror season and watch some some horror movies. Um, I did last night just watch with Bobby um, Alien Covenant again. I haven't seen that since the first time I watched it, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that it holds up. I liked it the first time, and it, I think it's a good movie. It's a good follow up to Prometheus. We kind of talked about this a little bit before, but yeah, it's it's um it's you know horror. I think it's got some. It's great. It's a very intense movie, and there's really some some gory and dark stuff in there that I like. So. Um, I did enjoy rewatching that and showing Bobby for the first time. He liked it too, so that was the last thing that I watched. Um, but I haven't I haven't watched any TV series. Um, I did watch another horror movie, which is our main topic, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I guess before that, uh, I've been so busy with some other things. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to go over a couple of things that I've been doing. My wife uh, completed her second 100 mile race um, just last weekend, and that took up you know four days of our life to. Travel to New York. Um, I just want to. I just want to jump in there for a second. Um, yesterday, I ran twenty miles on the treadmill, or twenty minutes on the treadmill. Uh, nice. I don't even think. I don't even think it was a half a mile at the speed I was at. But <laughs> there you awesome. go. So take that. Very Tara. good. <laughs> well, this this was um, a challenge. She did not feel well during the race. She got nauseous for a good. For more than half the race, she was very not doing well, not being able to eat food, on the verge of oh, throwing man. up. But she never did. But she powered through it and somehow finished the race. Um, she actually ran 105 miles, so it was pretty that's, pretty awesome. That's, that she, a, that's amazing. I, yeah, I couldn't so. imagine walking 105 miles <laughs> on purpose. You know. Yeah. Well, um, six uh, six of them did it. It was six of them set out to do it. We all went together as like a group. And all six made it through, and they had two crew members. I was one of them and another person that helped them along and, you know, gave them their needs and their food and had a little camp set up, and uh, we kind of helped them along and paced with them a couple of times, ran with them a couple of times. But it was great. It was a, a challenge, but it was a good weekend, had a lot of fun. So congrats to my wife for her second 100-miler being complete. Um, aside from that, I had to put my cat down, which was terrible. Um, yes. A lot of the community has known my cat over the years. I would post pictures often, and uh, she would. She lived in my retro room here for most of her life, so she was a stray that we rescued. Um, we've had her for about 12 years, and she was probably about 15 years old, we guess. Yeah. Um, and she run. got, yeah, yeah. 
and she got um, uh, diabetes, and we oh. tried to nurse her through for a good couple of weeks. We had to give her insulin shots twice a day, which was a challenge because she's the kind of cat being a stray that you really can't pick up and cuddle with and stuff, so we had to kind of sneak in two shots a day um, and nurse her back to health, and it just didn't it didn't it, it's hard to regulate sugar or whatever blood sugar in a animal so we had we had a little monitor that was attached to her body and we could wave our phone over it and check her blood sugar and it just um we just thought she was suffering too much and we had to have her put down so that was sad we had the barrier in the backyard me and the kids did and you know said our goodbyes to her but she was a good cat for the most part i mean she was like i said feisty and kind of had an attitude for being a stray but we We've take, taken care of her for a long time, so it was kind of sad. But Holly is with us no more, but um, maybe she's running in a field somewhere chasing mice, you know, in cat heaven or something. So yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. That took a lot of my time, too. Another reason why, you know, for the last couple of months or whatever, she's not been well. And I've just been, you know, scrambling, trying to take care of her because my wife has a new job and it pretty much fell on me. But we did our best, but um, just wanted to say goodbye to Holly. Um and that's pretty much it. Um, I just wanted to briefly talk about, I've been really itching to increase my horror VHS collection. I know you have a healthy collection, Chris. How, how many horror uh, movies would you say you have in your VHS collection? Uh, uh, Hundreds or just dozens? Uh, maybe a few hundred or at oh least my. definitely over a hundred, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never counted them. Looking so, at it now, yeah, it's definitely a few hundred. That's great. But I, I, I don't I just go for anything and everything kind of thing. Like, I really try to get the things that had some meaning to me or uh, movies that I w- had an interest in or was a former rental. But then there's times where you get lots. But, uh, I'm, you know, if, if it's like just a like a movie that I really have no interest in, I typically, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll get it and sell it or trade it. But, um mm-hmm. I, I I like what I got. I mean, I'm not saying I like every movie I have. Obviously, if it has, like, value, then that's kind of fun to have in your collection, too. Uh, everybody yeah. collects differently. Some people just want what they like, and I respect that. But, um, yeah, I, I've... Yeah. Um, uh, I Well, go ahead. Uh, I, I got a pickup story, but I'll tell you. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just saying that, you know, in the couple of years that I've been, you know, VHS hunting... I've come to realize that the primary places I, I hunt for them is Goodwill and yeah, that's um, hard. Like man. it is, and there's usually quite a few. And I've I've had some great pickups from the Goodwill, but never horror. And that's what I'm saying. Right. Like I never. And I think find if you're horror. gonna find if you're gonna find horror at a Goodwill, you're probably gonna find something a little more modern, like maybe Scream or yeah. H2O or House on Haunted Hill, you know, a lot of those 2000s, late 90s. Yes. Uh, very unlikely unless you get insanely lucky and you don't have uh, a, an employee in the back who's also a collector because a lot <laughs> of that stuff, I think, never makes it to the floor. Yeah, I mean, I, I do see a lot of, like, the older stuff, like, you know, Laurel and Hardy meet the mummy and, like, you know, just yeah, yeah. stuff Classic. like that. And I right. Adam's Family episodes, and which is great. I, I do grab those when I see them as well. But, of course, I'm looking for, like, the, the classic 80s right. stuff you'd see on the shelf when you were a kid in the in the uh, movie store and stuff. And um, I, I'm really itching to beef up my collection. So I kind of discovered I'm going to have to go online because I'm just never going to find these things out in the wild. 
Um, yeah. Or go go to conventions, which I haven't really ever been to a. Yeah, a and you know, convention. in your area, there's really cool stuff. Like um, they have um, this uh, VHS fest at. I'm, I know I'm not going to say the name right, but I think it's. Um, I don't know if it's Mahoney Drive-In or something like that, but there's this drive-in. I, it's in Pennsylvania, so it's not too far from you. I know it's not like right around the corner, but relatively yeah, speaking, yeah, not too far. Yeah, yeah, relatively speaking, Neighboring it's not state, that. Yeah, yeah, it's not that far. I mean, I think for you, it's probably maybe a maybe a three-hour drive. I really don't know, but um, uh, man, if I was living where you were, I would be going to this thing every year. Um, they it's it's at an old drive-in theater in kind of like this small town, uh, which I've looked up the whole town on Google and it's like, man, that seems like a pretty nice little place to live. But um, uh, they have a it's, it's essentially it's a big tape swap, tape selling, and then at night they play movies. So you're encouraged if you want to stay. I guess you can just stay the night there in the parking lot if you want. From my understanding, uh, I could be wrong about that. Maybe they kick you out at a certain time, but it feels like you can stay all night. And if you have like the weekend pass or whatever, but um, the, uh, those are cool places to go. And you know, there's a couple other tape cons that pop up around the country that I wouldn't mind seeing. There's a Monster Palooza. I think there's one. There's going to be one in LA. I'm not going to be able to make it to it, but it's like Son of Monster Palooza. And things like those are kind of cool because a lot of times they'll have actors from the movies. I mean, like the big ones oh, would be wow. like Freddy Krueger. And, and you know, you. from my understanding, from what I've read when I've looked up ticket information, um, you buy a ticket to the event, but you also have to buy like a second ticket to see them to get like mm. a... So, I mean, you're going to pay up a little bit, but it's also kind of... Um, uh, you know, I think it's kind of a unique experience. And if you're really into the, to the actor, but there's also lower level ones, uh, not disparaging any of these actors, but there's like, you know, the girl from Sleepaway Camp or, you know, like something <laughs> right. that's mostly for the cult, you know, viewer. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that's really a big household movie. It's not like, uh, and uh, like no. who even knows who, uh, I don't think the average person even knows who played Jason. You know, I know Kane Hodder mm -hmm. will pop up, but there's a few others, you know, uh, same yeah. thing with Michael Myers. Uh, there's several actors who's played Michael Myers. So, um, right. But anyways, is, these kind of things pop up and I think that's pretty cool. What is the one in Pennsylvania called? Cause I will definitely check that out. And do you VHS know what time of year Fest. it typically is? Uh, okay. I think it's coming up. I will. Oh, I will link in on that. You need to follow. Uh, uh, well, we'll talk off air. I'll, okay. I'll get you hooked up on Instagram. Um, you definitely want to be following like lunch meat and. Um, oh, I, I follow you him. Can, yeah. Yeah, and you can actually even follow that drive-in that uh, Mahoney. Okay. I, think it, I'm, I know I'm saying it wrong, but it's. I don't know. I feel like it's Pennsylvania Mahoney. is just north of me. I can be in parts of Pennsylvania in under two hours. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't imagine it being more than two or three hours for you yeah. from where you're at. Um, I think you could be there and it's like a day trip. You can go there, hit the festival and maybe catch a movie and be home at night. I'd much or rather pick up. You could stay the tapes. night. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather pick up these tapes, you know, in person than I don't like shopping online typically. So that. Well, awesome. but I'll, I'll also tell you this, man. There is something about buying them at these things. Now, I'm not saying this is a blanket statement for every con, but in my experience, when you go to these festivals, tape trading events, little conventions, a lot of the vendors are collectors themselves. And a lot of them kind of want to hook up the community because they don't want, I mean, they're not going to give it away. 
Because there's always, mm-hmm. they don't want to be a sucker and give you, like, this amazing deal and then you turn around and put it on eBay. But yeah. I think I've personally gotten a lot of great deals, whether it's video game conventions or tape conventions. I've never been to a true convention for tapes, but I've been to and been a part of a few tape trading events, which that's how these conventions start. So if you have one locally and you're into the hobby, you should support it because they always start as a tape trading event. And then Mm. next thing you know, it grows and then it's a convention. So, um, you know, if you have, but as far as that VHS fest, I would definitely go to that because there's a lot of like cool tape traders and especially like, you know, like an entry level, collector like you are right now as far as the particulars that you're looking for a lot of that you would get because you're not you're not looking for like the mutilator and stuff like there's certain (laughs) tapes like you know you don't care about microwave massacre and stuff like that like there's heavies right that are like you know i don't think there's anything that compares with stadium events but you understand like the rare nintendo games there's rare tapes and a lot of those probably wouldn't even be interesting to you um, you're looking for like the the nuts and bolts, you know what I mean? You want I'm looking your... for like the, off the top of my head, Reanimator, the Howling, you right? Know, even I don't I don't even have like some of the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm right. Street. Just just the standard. Yeah, you know... these things are considered common, though they have mm-hmm. value because you know everybody wants them because they're staples. Yeah. But <laughs> those were massively produced, and they're not. You don't like a lot of those other tapes that I mentioned. The only way you're really, I mean, the only way those were distributed to the masses but because there were former rentals i'm not saying you couldn't yeah. order the mutilator out of the some magazine or down at tower records or something i mean i'm sure there's the exceptions to this but i think the majority of them at least the ones i'm coming across typically are former rentals which i i don't know i kind of like that i i kind of lean yeah, to me too i'd rather kind of cool. have the former rental to be honest but yeah um you know, some people want a real pristine copy, and there's some of those movies you're not gonna find them that way unless, you know, you get lucky. Right, right. So that's kind of been on my mind and in my interest um, lately is to kind of, of course, obviously this time of year, but even outside of that, um, looking forward to beef up my horror collection because horror and sci-fi are my two favorite things to collect. Probably third being like action and then cartoon stuff like that. So yeah, I'm not for sure. Yeah, so that's. That's where I'm at with that. And, you're not, you're um, not looking to beef up your rom com collection. No, yeah. I think I'm. I think oh, okay. I'm set on my rom com collection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, if you don't have anything to talk about, I guess. Well, we can I, jump I into... did. Uh, I'll make this quick. Oh yeah, I that's did, right. You had uh, a pickup story. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay to say I think I got the green light on this. I I don't know if I didn't. I'm sorry, Curtis, but I went to Curtis and Layla's. Um, they're gonna have a baby. And, oh my gosh right and i it's <laughs> awesome I, I, like i said i think it's okay because some of their friends put it out there and i think they said they didn't care and he told me it was okay to tell our friends and let's be honest most of the people listen to this are just friends anyway um so i went right. to their baby shower and when i was in la <clears throat> my main you know and i and if you're an la resident i'm sorry all your little towns that's la i'm not gonna I was in Glendale. I was in Sherman Oaks. You know, no, I was in LA. And um, anyways, uh, when I'm in that area, I always like to go to the LA portion, the true LA portion. And there's this store called Whammy Analog Media. And this is a really cool store. You would love this store, Duke. Um, 
It's about probably 99% VHS tapes, though I did actually get a laser disc there in my little visit. And mm-hmm. um, you can get equipment. So if there was a local there looking for a small CRT or a, or a, um, a VHS, I mean, a, a VHS player. I almost said that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> a, a VCR. Poser. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know where that came from. Uh, a VCR or, or rewinder, something like that. Um you know, this is a really good place. Plus, the owners are super cool, and I've I've a tape I've attended their tape trading event, and I was a vendor there, and they're amazing. They're gonna have another one coming up in December that I plan on being a part of. But um, so, anyways, I stopped in there, and uh, uh, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go because I've been seeing some of their pickups that they get, and you know, they don't. I don't believe they're collectors. Um, they definitely appreciate the hobby i'm assuming but they're running a business here so when something comes into the store um it's up for sale and um i noticed something that they a couple tapes they picked up recently that i was hoping was going to be there well they were both there so but i ended up leaning towards um i got this first print of tourist trap now this is a real early um horror movie uh, i forget the year but i think it's like 76 77 78 in that range um it, it, it's pretty cool, but this is what makes this particular copy cool. It's it's a first print. It's got the the blue, yellow, or blue orange uh, media cover to it. Um, it's just really cool when you see it. And the the side has like a s- simplistic. Um, the side of the tape looks real simplistic. You know, just like a basic font tourist trap on the side. And on the mm-hmm. back, these old media tapes. It's funny because it has like this little blurb of the movie about the movie. But then after that, it's like other feature films you could buy. And then it basically becomes a commercial. It tells you about the feature <laughs> films, rock concerts, animated films. And it's like, for more information, contact your nearest media <laughs> dealer or your nearest dealer. You know, it's like, right. so that was pretty cool. So that was kind of like the big pickup I got there. I did. Um, they had a few laser discs, and um, I'm not looking for a huge laser disc collection. But if it's something that I I, I like, or like I, I got a little mini Schwarzenegger collection going right now. Uh, but um, they had uh, Shocker, which I just always really liked that VHS cover, so I felt like eh, it was cheap. So I grabbed that, and um, and it's a so-so uh, horror movie. I remember and, uh, that movie. Yeah, it's isn't you know it's fine. It's forgettable for most, but uh, I remember renting it as a kid, and I don't know, it's just one of those movies that you just you have fond memories of for that reason. And um, but one of the things I do like about Whammy is they have like a, a blank tape section where uh, he gets them in, and essentially they're all a buck. Um, there has been a couple of times where something was. You know, he he asked for maybe like two dollars or something or three dollars or whatever. But uh, my experiences there, they were all a buck. And really, this time he just threw them in, considering what I was buying already. But um, the nice thing about it is, is he has a working uh, TV VCR combo sitting right next to it, so you can. And he's like, if you want to look at them, go ahead. So you could just I I sit there and I just find tapes that I think okay, this might be an interesting tape, and I pop it in and I play it. And if something on there that I like, then it goes in my buy pile. And, you know, you can fast forward, rewind, whatever you want to do. That's you know, as cool. long as you're, yeah. like, kind of respectful of his uh, equipment. He's never said anything, but, you know, most people would just, you know, be careful. Don't mess stuff up. But, um, yeah, so I, I picked up 
five tapes out of that. One was uh, a broadcast of the 1993 Bulls uh, Portland Trailblazers finals, which is really oh, cool because it's all the commercials. It's just a full recording. And I haven't even gone through it yet, but I've watched a little bit of it there. I'm like, that's great. Another tape said Bo- uh, Boy George interviews, so I just grabbed that. And and when I put it in, it had like stuff from the time, some other TV shows. When I finally got to the Boy George interview, uh, I believe it was, I think it was Oprah, if I remember right. So that was kind of cool. Uh, there was another, um, the 1990 Slam Dunk Contest. Now that one, I think, I noticed they were editing commercials, but... I felt like, you know what? I don't I'm not going to waste time going through this tape. I know what the recording is. I'm going to give it a shot and see how the rest of the tape turns out. I also picked up a a, a pay-per-view broadcast of the first Tyson versus Holyfield and um that one I never like I was a big Tyson fan at the time. Um I remember going to my friend's house and we got Tyson Holyfield too. We all kind of chipped in 5 bucks or whatever. And that's the one where Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. Oh. But the but the first fight was a legit fight that went uh I forget how many rounds but and then uh, Holyfield won so Tyson coming back in the second fight uh, this was supposed to be like his revenge against Holyfield yeah and I all uh, that stuff. Yep. and he lost it because he was getting worked again and he didn't he didn't like that so he decided he claimed that he was being head bunted whatever and so that's why he bit him <laughs> anyway I got that but the highlight was. I popped this tape in, and the first thing that popped up was a was like a a, a tricks commercial that had um, the rabbit, but it also it was like a joint commercial with Popeye. But I could tell this was '80s Popeye, not you know this wasn't going to be like your old '50s. But they were trying to bring Popeye back in the '80s. They, he had a cartoon with like <laughs> him and his nephews or whatever, and I was like. Okay, that's an 80s commercial, and I I went through it a little bit, and there was several commercials in a row, so I just hit eject, and I'm like, I'm taking this home. So I get it (laughs) home, and I pop it in, and then I I rewind it, and it's this kid or his parents, um, I'm assuming it was a kid because the way it was recorded, um, and this is the the only bummer about it is at one point, this was a full tape of Silverhawks. That had, oh, I love that cartoon. Right, and it had all the episodes in a row, uh, which was like the whole tape, and with the commercials. Now, this was like the syndicated after-school uh, cartoon, but you had so many really good commercials. I already put a couple of them up on Instagram and uh, TikTok, but uh, they're really good. And it's a really good recording, too. It's nice and loud and very clear. Um, so I got, I went through the tape and then I decided, I got to one point, I was like, you know what, I just want to rewind the tape and start from the beginning. So I rewound it all the way to the beginning and you could tell this kid, he must have hit a phase in puberty because in the early 90s he decided to record, there was this really bad, um, now, uh, I've been, always been a Howard Stern fan, but, um, in the early 90s, uh, he always refers to it as his Channel 9 show, but yeah, it was yeah, syndic- yeah. it was syndicated. Uh, a lot of people know the Howard Stern show from the E Network. They would broadcast his uh, TV show or his radio show, but this wasn't it. He did like a variety show, and it was really it was hard to watch. To be honest, like now, then <laughs> I loved it, but watching it now, I was like, oh, whoa, that would never work today. But uh, so uh, 
about three of those episodes recorded over some of the Silverhawks at the beginning, but then it kicks back into the. So half the tape is all gold cartoon 80s. It's from 1987. Oh, man. And it's all that with all the commercials. And this kid recorded it every day or every week. I'm pretty sure that was a weekday cartoon. But uh, either way, he recorded it. And uh, it was a weekday cartoon because there was a bumper saying coming up next Thundercats and weekday blah, blah, blah. So it was a weekday cartoon. But um, uh, in the beginning is like 90, probably 94 Howard Stern, I think. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, OK. Well, that's anyways, those find. are my. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm really. Yeah, I was really happy with that. So but that's, that's it. Very cool. I still have yet to find a a tape from the 80s with cartoons on it or anything like that or any great commercials. Uh, you know, that guy that I took you to, Alex, he's got a bunch of VHS tapes in there, but I've never found anything that great. So, yeah, um, no, Alex, uh, Alex kind of yeah. has a little bit of, he's a little bit of pricey, Alex. But I tell you what, though, that because when that one tape I picked up and he asked for 20 bucks and I'm like, you know, if this was something like, let's say it was a full Silverhawk tapes with all the commercials or Thundercats or something like that from that time frame, Transformers, whatever, that would be a good price, 20 bucks. But he doesn't even I know. know. That, That's the thing. He doesn't even know. That's the thing. <laughs> He's it's like, just well, it a could have something tape. good on there. <laughs> right, it could. I'm like, yeah, but it could also be trash. It could just be a blank tape. You know what I mean? Like, Right. You know, if he had a setup like they do at Whammy where you could pop it in and take a look at it, then yeah, I would I would pay up in that situation if it was some lost media or something I really wanted. But uh just going Alex in will cold, never be that no. thought he he'll never be that organized or no. put that much thought into anything. He is just a scatterbrained junk yeah. shop owner and that's that's all he'll ever a very be. dangerous <laughs> so, junk shop yeah, that you really have hazards. to watch your step or you will fall. Yes. Very cool. All right. Well, we are on to our main topic then. Um, so we are going to be talking about, um, I guess, what some people would refer to the black sheep of the Halloween franchise, and that is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, it was your idea, Chris, to watch this movie and discuss it, and it was a great idea because I think this is going to be a really fun discussion. There's lots of, uh, lots of fun to be had with this one, I think. Um, so just real quick, what, what was your original experience, I guess? Did you see this as a kid? Did, did you see this on network television? That, that's where I, I first saw it. Yeah, um, I did see it on network TV probably, um, I don't know, maybe 86, 85, whenever it was put on ABC. It was either yeah. ABC or CBS. One of them uh, broadcasted it because um, my dad, yeah. he <clears throat> he dug horror movies. He wasn't like, a, I wouldn't say a big horror fan. But, you know, the stuff that made it to TV that I remember watching with him was like Jaws and Jaws 2 and Poltergeist and Halloween, Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. And and even like Alien, um, he definitely watched all that. He, he dug it. And um, the, yeah. I remember watching this, um, you know, like I think like a lot of people who watch it initially, uh, your first uh, takeaway is, is like, oh, where's Michael Myers at? right <laughs> yeah you right. know it's not it's not a michael myers movie this is a, a subgenre type movie um i don't know if i'm skipping ahead here but like the original no, take it away take yeah it away, the yeah. original concept of halloween at least from every interview that i've heard with john carpenter and and uh, deborah hill um which was the creators of the movie 
um, is uh, it, they wanted it to be like an anthology series where each year, mm-hmm. if everything worked out right, each year you would get a new Halloween movie. And the first Halloween movie was based on The Shape, which is Michael Myers. Okay, so that was going to be the first Halloween movie. And the next year was going to be a different story. And um, and then I think uh, so another thing I remember uh, hearing or reading was if, if a movie like had some success, then they would spin it off into its own thing. And if not, then it would just be, okay, now we're moving on to the next uh, Halloween movie. Well, the original Halloween movie was like a huge success. I forget the original budget, but I want to say it was like 50000 bucks or something. And they made seventy million off of it, like yeah. in 1978. That's like a probably yeah. a billion dollars now. I don't know. I don't know what the inflation up, uh, what it is. But in 1978, if you had seventy million dollars, uh, you were very wealthy. You could pretty much buy anything. Um, the owner of the hit, Clippers yeah. bought the Clippers in like '81 or something for like a million dollars. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and he sold it for two billion recent or a couple years back. Anyway, it's a lot of money. So uh, the owners, you know, the the rights owners were like, "Yeah, I think we want to explore this Michael Myers a little more." And um, I think that created a major riff with uh, Carpenter because he found like he just felt like, no, the movie's done and it has a middle, beginning, and end, and that's it. Um, so he kind of begrudgingly, uh, came back for part two. They kind of had him in a a legal issue. Um, he wanted to move on and do the fog and, uh, I might be getting a few of these details wrong, but essentially, uh, they kind of had him over a barrel and, uh, he, he, you know, he came back and he, he, I think somebody originally, um, was the, the director directing it, but they weren't really thrilled with what was going on with Halloween 2, so they brought him back, and he made it, like, super gory, and he just, like, he, he basically said F it. He didn't really, he doesn't like the movie, and um, I, I enjoy part two, but the concept was, you know, this is it, and matter of fact, at the end, he really wanted to make sure, okay, Michael Myers is dead. You see him, like, burning up at the end of part two. Um, of course, <laughs> right. we know that that didn't take. But uh, (laughs) so Halloween three was supposed to be back to the original concept. Like, okay, now this one's going to be about this, this evil company, right? Uh, Silver Shamrock. So without getting into that yet, but so that was supposed to be this next movie in like his anthology series. And um, right. Yeah. This was a go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. This was what? I was just going to say this this was released in 1982 alongside of him doing the thing. He was he was making up making the thing during the production of this film, which is why he's not the director of it. Him yeah, he's just a, he's just a producer. Him and producer, Deborah Hill are yeah. producers, but he also did the music for it too. And if yes, you listen, yes. if you if you kind of like if you have a if you're a Christine fan, you're going to notice some recycled songs uh, or pieces, I guess. I, I don't know if you'd call them songs but music and mm-hmm. uh, there's even some sound effects like when christine's light would come on or headlights when it's like Bing! you know that noise uh-huh. uh yeah. i hear that i've heard that in the halloween 3 movie <laughs> yeah and um, right so uh it's pretty cool uh, you know it's a sci-fi horror which is up my alley i know it's up your alley too you know being big fans of uh 
Terminator and uh, absolutely yeah. and Alien and and the thing. So uh, it's definitely a, that blending of genres and you know that's kind of yeah. why I wanted to choose this movie. It's it's like you said, it's the it's the black sheep. But you know the funny thing is, is people claim you know uh, complained about Michael Myers not being in the movie, which technically he is in the movie. <laughs> this is not about Michael oh, Myers. Yeah. <laughs> right. He makes a cameo. <laughs> And um, and not only that, nobody complained that there wasn't witches. I didn't see one witch in this whole movie. Well, that's yeah, that's something in my notes for later. But that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that. I didn't yeah. mean to jump the gun here. But no, I don't hear no, nobody no, complaining about no witches. But uh, I mean, technically, it's, it's there's witchcraft. <laughs> but you know, anyway. All right. So well, my yeah, my experience was similar to yours. I caught it on network television as a kid. And that was the last time I saw it. I probably only saw it once. Um, and I, rewatching it this time, I, I just remembered some of the scenes, um, but I didn't really remember the plot. So too basically, much. a fresh, a fresh watch. Then that's it was basically cool. a fresh watch. But I do remember, you know, all this time I always said that I thought it was something that I liked. Like I didn't, I don't remember not liking it. Um, you know, like last episode we were talking about sequels and stuff like that, and. Um, even as a kid, I, I was pretty, I, I wouldn't say opinionated, but I knew if there was a movie I didn't like, I, I just didn't like it. But I remember this was one that I remember saying, oh, that was actually pretty good. Um, even yeah. though it was kind of weird to not have Michael Myers in it, um, I caught it on network television and thought, mm -hmm. oh, this is different, this is unique. And I thought it was kind of creepy, and that was my, that's how I remembered it as my um, childhood watch. But um, So I was kind of going into it fairly fresh this time around. Um, uh, if this I was, remember, uh, if my memory serves me right, I actually appreciate it a little more because it wasn't as scary as Halloween. Yeah, it, well, it was a different kind of scary, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, sad, there was yeah. definitely parts that made me nervous and all that as a child, but um, I just remember, like, just being a little grateful that I didn't have to worry about Michael popping out. <laughs> right, scaring you too much. Yeah. But uh, this was directed by uh, John C. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. It's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who um, I have in my notes here was a childhood friend of John Carpenter um, and even appeared. I don't know if you know this. You probably do, Chris, because you're like the Halloween expert. But he played Michael Myers in the legendary closet scene. Um, so he actually was uh, one of the Michael Myers, the director of the Yeah, film. there was several in the first. There was... Uh dick warlock which is the coolest name ever right um, <laughs> dick warlock yeah like i don't that know how cool you get name. a cooler name than that um that is and, yeah <laughs> uh deborah hill they used her hand in one of the scenes um okay. john carpenter had the mask on in uh, one of the scenes um and of course the gentleman you just mentioned uh, so yeah, there was, I believe four different Michael Myers in the original movie. Uh, gotcha. I, there might've been five, but I, I think there was, I think it was the four I mentioned, but, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So he also went on to direct the 1990 television adaptation of Stephen King's it, um, yes. which I think is pretty good too. That's it a, is. Cool, I, I think yeah. uh, to try to show that version of it to like a modern audience would think it's kind of corny and a little cheesy, but you kind of have to keep in mind what this was a, a made-for-TV movie, yeah. and it was uh, the mid mid to late '80s when that was broadcast. I think it was '87, '88. I don't know. It was it was in that range, and uh, yeah. 
yeah it was it was uh, yeah there's there's definitely a little bit of corny scenes so i mean if you're a fan of the the modern it uh and you go back and watch that one it's probably not a great watch but uh, i i always liked it and i love um tim curry's uh tim portrayal curry of pennywise great. yeah i think it's amazing yeah he's good in everything he does so <laughs> he definitely yeah, was the standout he for the that. show for sure yeah for sure why don't you start and uh, we'll kind of just jump back and forth. Uh, all right, so the, the movie, you know, the movie begins, and you you see in this man running, right? He's, you know, he's definitely panicked. He has, like, this sense of urgency, and he, he pulls into this, you know, he runs into this gas station, and there's this poor attendant just kind of, you know, chilling there. And, uh, you know, and he's freaking out. You know, like, he's like, they're going to kill us. They're going to, you know, they're going to kill everybody. And um, he's clutching this mask. And then, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he collapses, right? Um, right. You, you notice, uh, you notice kind of like this, uh, this well-dressed, uh, guy, you know, he's wearing a suit, you know, he's kind of, uh, lingering or whatever in, in the background or whatever. Oh, wait a minute. Mm. You know, I, I think I actually, let me see. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The, it starts with the man running, but a goon grabs him. Like he's running from the, these guys, right? Uh, yeah this guy right I, I i skipped a little bit um so this 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 dude pops up he he ends up like in a like i don't know like some sort of garage parking lot kind of thing and uh he's hiding from these guys in a car this car is slowly chasing him and uh these in these guys in suits um so he thinks he's kind of getting away he goes to turn and there's this guy this this dude in a suit and he starts choking him and uh, he falls to the ground which i think is just funny so this guy's on top of him choking, so he's kind of like reaching around, right? Trying to find something maybe to hit him with. And there's this chain within arm's reach, which was very fortunate, right? Uh -huh. But it's like it's like attached to a block of a car. And um, so he yanks yes. on it. I mean, this guy must have been super strong, dude, because he had no leverage. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and apparently... Well, right, and apparently this car didn't have a parking brake or being put in, put in park. It didn't have nothing because once he yanks it, the car starts rolling. And, yes. you know, this uh, we kind of understand a little bit why later on, but <clears throat> you're, you're seeing this guy who's on top of him strangling him, and he just, like, looks at the car and basically just accepts his fate, <laughs> and the car, you know, smashes him, I guess. I mean, it didn't look like it would have been a fatal blow, but, you know, I guess it killed him. Uh, so the guy gets up and, um, you know, he, he's trying to get away. And then, I, you know, then the, the other goon, you know, kind of like gets out of the car and is like, oh, you know, looks at his dead friend, I guess. And anyways, the dude takes off, right? And then he ends up at this gas station with this poor guy. He's just trying to chill you know, ain't nobody there. It's late at night. He's just trying to chill and watch TV. And um, and that's where we get our first glimpse of the sil uh, the Silver Shamrock commercial. So why this guy's freaking yes, out, trying to, yes. like, say, you know, they're going to kill us and all this. And he's clutching this mask, this Halloween mask. You don't really know what it is. But in the background, you see the promo for the Silver Sam Shamrock commercial. And it lets you know there's eight more days till Halloween. So this is kind of a theme. Uh, and... and I noticed like uh, they really want you to know exactly where you are in the timeline because um, after he ran from the guy who the guys that were trying to kill him, it lets you know one hour later. One hour later. 
You know, he shows up to this <laughs> yeah. gas station, right? right? So this guy ran for an hour. I don't know why they got to <laughs> tell you it was an hour later. I really don't even understand why they needed yeah. to be that specific. But uh, throughout the movie, they they do remind you how many days to Halloween or, or what date. I guess what date it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, the guy collapses, right? And then we're already nine minutes in at this point when we uh, we, we get to meet our protagonist. Um yeah, uh, you know uh, the great Tom Atkins. You know he's a doctor, right? Yeah. So what? What? So what's that, your let me, experience let me with comment Tom? On, let, let me go yeah, back go and ahead. comment on some of what you say because I, I right right off the bat when I put this in, it was very noticeable that this was not directed by uh, John Carpenter. Um, like you were just talking about the the scene with you know the guy choking him and he reaches for the chocks and pulls the chain and it's edited pretty poorly. It's the cuts are too long. It makes it seem silly. Um, and it, it's, it shows the quality of the production, I guess is a little lacking. And it, yeah, it, it, it seems, definitely feels second tier for sure. Yeah. It definitely is not like, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call Halloween a masterpiece, but it's a very good movie. Like it's, it's good. I, I would call it a masterpiece, but I, I, it's solid. I respect your opinion. <clears throat> well, you can tell, you know, John Carpenter is a, is a, an artist you know he's a he's a he's a writer he's a musician he puts uh care into his films you know and you can just tell that quality that that attention to detail is there and you can tell this was directed by someone who's used to doing television or something it's just not not as um artistically i guess put together i think it was his first uh director i think okay i can tell yeah i think I, i could be wrong about that but it feels i feel like i read that somewhere so, and then, you know, I started noticing right away that, okay, this is going to be heavy in the tropes. And it, it certainly was. The first couple of scenes, like, for example, why did the power go out? Um, just so the gas station guy can have this creepy moment where he's, like, looking out the window and then he turns yeah. around. <laughs> and the guy just appears in the gas station. And why, why can the guy not talk? He's just like, is he so scared that he can't talk? Well, He's just okay. like moaning. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that. He was just choked and ran for an hour, and it wasn't like this guy was 25. Was he choked? Because that's another well, thing. He, is when the, the guy was on top uh, of him, wasn't he strangling him? If yes, like but him. if you know, this this plays into the poor editing. He's just kind of got his hands like on his chest. He's not really choking him. He's just kind of oh, sitting I there. See. It's kind of a cheesy, like it's it's way drawn out, and the editing is pretty poor. Well, the, but, what I what I took from it is he was kind of having a panic attack, and he sure, had just ran sure. a long way. He's running for his life. They're trying to kill him. He saw something that he wasn't supposed to see, and he's right. panicked. That's that's what sure, I took I, from that part. Oh, that's what I took from it too. But much like when you see somebody like faint in a movie, it's just not how people really act yeah so he's he's so like out of it that he's just like clutching the mask and he falls up against the gas station attendant and just kind of like just kind of falls over you know it's just tropey it's kind of silly but i get it so you know that kind of sets up what you can expect in the rest of the film um and i think it kind of delivers that but i just wanted to kind of add to what you were describing in the scenes and right away what i kind of noticed and um whether this stuff is good as bad, good or bad to me, I guess we can talk about it a little bit later. But that's right away. I'm like, okay, this this is not a John Carpenter directed film. It's very apparent, and um, you can tell the quality is lacking, um, and it's a little 
choppy the way it's edited it and you know some of the tropes are going to be pretty heavy so that's that's where we're at right now so go ahead now we meet our main protagonist right Do- I, dr dr dan yeah. or daniel but uh he's tom atkins i mean come on they should have just called him tom atkins why why are we come why are we joking around here messing on with these fake names it's tom atkins <laughs> but you okay so he's popping up at at first you think it's like daddy's home right he's coming home his kids are happy to see him running over there and then you see his very not too happy to see him uh ex-wife um initially i don't think it's i don't think you realize initially that it's his ex-wife but it's his ex-wife and uh so he's kind of being the hero he's gonna pop up and they're like oh what did you get us because he got a couple of bags in his hands and um so he's like here you know he gives him these bags and his wife is pissed because you know he was supposed to be there earlier or whatever he's let her down many many times all right yeah. and right. Uh, it's it's obvious and also the wife um she's a, a an actress who was in the original movie she's the the brunette um uh, that that's mostly with laurie throughout the movie she's the one riding around in the car her father's the police officer she's the one that's uh gets killed in the she's in the house with i think she's the one she strangled in the car maybe or she's definitely oh, okay. yeah, yeah she's got the short uh well uh, you know chopped off uh um curly brunette and mm-hmm. uh so they they reused her I, I forget her name but um uh so that's the mom she's pissed in the background there's a tv on right and uh i i think this is the scene where if you're paying attention there's a there's a new it was either here or was at the gas station but there's a um there's like a news broadcast talking about um, a piece of Stonehenge being stolen. So that's yeah, all. That was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that was in, okay. So that was in the first scene. So um, or the gas station scene. But they, they're they're making this. You know, that's that's one thing I do do like about the movie. When you rewatch it, you can find all these subtle details going on that um, it doesn't feel like there's any wasted stuff. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. So they, you know. So anyways, so these kids. They're like, they're so happy that um, dad got them something. And then they grab these bags and they open up and there's Halloween masks. They're just like, yeah, mom already got us Halloween mask, you loser. <laughs> you know? So right. they go over to the corner and they there's, uh, you know, uh, as far as these uh, silver shamrock masks, that's kind of what the this whole movie's about. These This company, Silver Shamrock, that sells these Halloween masks. Um, there's three of them. Hence the title Halloween 3. Right, the Halloween three. There's three masks. Okay, I never really. I, I think together, that's. But... I yeah. I, I I've heard that enough. Where I think there was something to that. It's the third movie I in the see. series, but um, they really. I think they originally wanted to just call it Halloween, the season of the witch, but they put their foot down on the three part. But um, gotcha. Anyway, so there's the three masks. Uh, they have two of them. One kid has the skull mask. One kid has the um, the witch mask. And uh, they're like, no, we got these cool masks. So he's, dad's is just a loser, you know. <laughs> and you want to comment on any of that or I'll just move on? Well, yeah, let me let me say that. Um, so what what is the actor's name that plays the protagonist, the doctor? Oh, uh, Tom Atkins. Okay, I, I, I would, I'm not familiar with him. I know that he's in a lot well, of he's other. Well, he was also in The Fog. Um, the Fog, right, right. Ironically, he was... Uh, he, he uh, hooked up with Jamie Lee Curtis, like, I think, like, maybe 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> like, he's with her. So. 
So I think he's the worst protagonist ever. I cannot stand him. Now, it's in the movie, oh, obviously. For this, man. I don't care. He is the most unlikable character in the whole movie, in my opinion. He's well, a he's womanizer. he's definitely not. So, you're right. Yeah, and he's an alcoholic. He's a doctor who's kind of a I just. There's nothing likable about him. He is obnoxious. He's hugging and kissing every woman he meets. Slapping asses. Yeah, he's smacking butts, and yep. I'm just like, oh, what a what an unlikable character. And or pinching, no, actually. I wrote down he pinched uh, in the next scene <laughs> coming up. He pinches nurses, Nurse Agnes's butt. And it's I, I know yeah. that it's a sign of the times, and it's something you wouldn't necessarily not you know you would see in '80s movies, but. I, it was super off-putting in this movie. I was like, "Oh, what a what a creepy guy!" And I don't know. He's just he's just the most unlikable protagonist I think I've ever seen in a film. I I didn't want to root for him. He's just annoying. He's not. There's no like moral foundation to him. He, I know he's trying to save, figure out what's going on, and save the day type thing. But I just didn't get the sense that I wasn't rooting for him. So I I, I know is he like. Like, what's the guy's name from the Evil Dead series? Um, I can't. The, the oh, guy that Ash. Likes. Yeah, Ash. Ash. Yeah. What's his What's his uh, His real name uh, again? I don't know. I forget. But well, I he's not. He's not like him, right? Like, he's not some. I, honestly, I think he's compared to him in some ways. Oh my some gosh. People, yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't stand I, him. I, I would say the other way to look at it is is kind of that macho '80s thing. And that's, you got to think what the audience is. It's kind of like a teen, young man audience. So, you know, being that he's, he, he obviously gets all the ladies because, you know, well, here's, besides here's the notes having an attractive wife, uh, the nurse, and the, there's a there's a coroner later he obviously had a relationship with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, lot of stuff right. going on. I wrote, unlikable main character, chauvinistic, kissing women at work, making inappropriate comments, grabbing butt, grabbing arms, no charm or charisma, not good looking, and just altogether unlikable. That was the notes I made as I'm watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate it in a movie when the the guy grabs a woman's arm and like just kind of man, I don't like, it's just so off-putting. Like he'll just like you know what I'm this, saying. This like, is it, how it was done in '82. I know. Okay, I you know. grab women's arms, you pinch butts, you had multiple affairs at work. That's just what you did <laughs> back then. It's <laughs> just what you did. Look, mm. I can take that sometimes. I'm not. I'm no like you know. I I, I get what you're it. saying. I I understand what you're saying though. He's definitely not necessarily positioned to be like the baby face. I mean, he's obviously. Uh, heel-ish for sure. He's a yeah. He's what in wrestling a, terms you would call a tweener. Okay, I don't know. What he's, that a, means, he's a little. But... He's a little bit in the middle. He's a little. He's supposed to be the baby face, but he has heel tendencies. He's the cool heel. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's the, what they were going for. But it just to me, it just was so off-putting. It just did not work. Like he, I get the macho thing, but he's macho in like an obnoxious way. That's just so off-putting. Like, he doesn't well, do anything I mean, real heroic. He, he definitely gives yeah. off the vibe that, you know, he's the single dad vibe where, you know, he's like, hey, I'm still a young, cool guy. Let's drink some beer and, you know, get a room. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, right. Right. he he, uh, he definitely owns a Corvette. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> right, red Corvette. I mean, there's, there's no doubt he has a Corvette. Yeah. 
Okay, well, go ahead, go ahead on with your, your uh, okay. Scene so we're we're at the we're okay now we're flash forwarding like okay so when he was with uh, when he was you know listening to his wife kind of nag at him you know she's basically giving him the shit because you know he's late again or whatever uh, the phone rings oh man you gotta go like oh I'm sorry I gotta go he's gotta rush to the hospital like I don't know why he's the only doctor that they gotta talk to because it seems like it's a full hospital but maybe it's a small town I don't know he's the big goes, shot doctor and I. I think it yeah. was a pager, wasn't it? He got paged. Yes, yeah, but I, but didn't he call <laughs> big them old pager? And, right. I, I don't know. I, I thought I thought he got some sort of and he had a call and they're like, you need to get here quick. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he gets there. Nurse, poor nurse Agnes is just trying to fill him in. Of course, he doesn't waste the opportunity to pinch nurse nurse Agnes's butt. <laughs> and uh, so basically, she's like, yeah, you know, this guy got here. We don't really know what's going on. And you know, they're wheeling him in on the gurney. Uh, he has the mask in his hand. Uh, you know, the, the the old man still clutching the mask. and uh, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it's the hospital right, clutching you know. it. Yeah, he's still clutching the mask, you know, still saying they're all going to kill us, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, that kind of, like, progresses that scene. Uh, then we get a shot of uh, another one of these suited assassins, right? Um, he's kind of making his way through the hospital, trying to hide in the shadows or whatever. And I, I found this part a little interesting. So, uh, you know, at this point, you know, you kind of don't really know much about these guys in suits. I mean, you know, they're bad no. guys. You don't really know much yeah. else. But uh, so, you know, he's making a point to put these gloves on, right? You know, like an assassin would, because you don't want to leave fingerprints behind, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So <laughs> right. he goes into the room where, you know, the old man is. Uh, I wish I had a better name than the old man, but he's the guy who is you know the old guy running at the beginning and everything so uh, scared he can't function yeah he can't function anymore he's resting peacefully in his bed right now um uh, the 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 guy comes in uh puts his hand over his mouth you know to kind of like keep him quiet and uh and then he proceeds to like stick his fingers right in his eye and then just crushes his skull which, yeah, it's a weird kill. It's a weird kill. I, I, but I will say this, though. That was a pretty unique kill. That was pretty awesome. It, it you was. Get a pretty, pretty gnarly crunch, too. You know, he just... Yeah, so ah. what he does is... It's funny. Yeah, because you're right. Why did he put gloves on? We, we find out later what they are, and it, it right. makes even less sense. Well, but. we find out in a few <laughs> minutes how stupid it is, because I'll get to that. But it, in just in a couple of minutes, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. Right. It's like no There's reason more. to wear you're the right. gloves. Right, but go right. ahead. The gloves is just another trope, just so it just it builds Just so, you know, you're right. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the guy's putting on gloves. He's the assassin. He's the bad guy. I mean, they. I think they put a lot of gloves on in the 80s, if I remember correctly. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, he 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 pulls he puts his hand over his mouth and then he pulls his arm back like he's going to punch him. And then he opens yes. up his hand and and pulls out a finger. And then he proceeds as you mentioned, he digs his fingers and his thumb into his eye and like pulls up and like snaps his nose and kind of like somehow crushes his skull, which is like yeah. an instant death. But you know, this guy, this old guy is so scared, he had to be hospitalized. Right. Which makes no sense. He's just so scared. They had to put him in a room and put right because he really doesn't just, have no visual in, uh, injuries. No, he just got so scared he can't function. He had to be put up in a hospital room apparently. Right. So that's all silliness too. And this, yeah, this guy makes it in there and well, and then I, and I really like that. Moments later, the bad guy you know stops at this little curtain to wipe the blood off his gloves. <laughs> you know, he really wants to get the blood off his gloves. Like you could just take and, the gloves off, dude. And just then take the gloves off. 
Right. When he's so, doing th- good. so then yeah. uh, he's he's he takes off out of the room, and here comes Nurse Agnes, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And then she realizes that you know the guy's dead, so she starts screaming. So here comes Tom, and I'm not gonna call him Dan. This is Tom, okay? Tom Atkins is so from this point out, he's not Doctor Dan. He's Tom. Tom comes running, like, "What's going on?" He's like, "She, he killed the guy." So Tom sees the dude walking out the door, so he starts chasing him. And the guy, you know, leaves the hospital, goes and sits in his car, and you know, Tom's yelling, "Hey, you know, get back here, stop, or whatever." I don't know what Tom's gonna do, cause trust me, if this dude turned around, Tom's gonna get his ass whipped. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't think Tom's gonna fare well with this dude. But this guy's sitting in his car. You think, okay, is he gonna start the car and take off? No. He proceeds to get a can of gas, pour it on himself, lights himself on fire, and of course. 80 style, the car explodes. Explodes in like a gigantic fireball. Right. So, I, what, what was the, the gloves for? Like, what was the gloves right. for? You're gonna <laughs> right. burn yourself like you need these. Exactly. Like that was the that. whole. And and do do his type have fingerprints? You know, that's right. That's the other thing. Sense. And the fingerprints are meaningless at this point. You burned yourself to death. Guess what's gonna burn up? Your fingers. So I guess the th- the theory was. Instead of being chased, the potential for being chased, and then, you know, if he drove away and drove back to wherever he was going, they would find things out. But I guess he knew that the car was going to explode because what what could have happened is he put fire on him or put gasoline on himself, let lit himself on fire, and then they walked over there realizing that this isn't a human or whatever. Right. <laughs> this is something else. But, you know, thankfully the, the thing exploded into a billion pieces and, you know, they had to piece together over a long period of time that maybe there's no human remains in this vehicle. So I, I, I don't know why he couldn't have just simply drove away. Like it, it yes. like I don't understand what the suicide mission was for. There was no police. There was nobody was going to catch this guy. He had a, a pretty fast car. That car had a big block engine in it. He could have got well, away pretty easily. I mean, it was so they can move the plot along with. Oh, wait well, a obviously, weird, I'm you know? just putting myself in his shoes. Sure. Like, come on, bro, you can get away. But anyway, so now, uh, now the commotion's over. You know, Doctor Tom gets on the phone, calls his. His poor ex-wife, and now he's got to break the news to her that he wasn't going to be able to pick the kids up after all. She's pissed. She's screaming at him. He's he's trying to placate her a little bit, like I'll pick him up, you know, Saturday night or whatever. And he's he's you know I'll pick him up later, whatever he's saying. She's she's had enough, and he's just like, listen, I gotta go, and he hangs up on her. And um, this is when we get the first shot of probably the true protagonist is is Ellie. Now she's the she's the daughter of the man who just got his skull crushed. Now she's talking to a police officer, and the guy's you know trying to break down what and he's just like. Well, you know your dad's dead, and uh, some guy killed him. So or what do he say like some weirdo or something? But he's like he was probably on drugs. That was such a catch-all from the eighties, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he did say that. He's yeah. just, he's probably on drugs, is what he said. So, um, yeah. So that that happened. And uh, and then you also get uh, so a little bit after that. Well, this you know you can see. Look at I mean, it was like lust at first sight, right? You know the doctor yeah. spots Ellie from the distance, and you know a normal person would be like, "Oh, that 
that poor lady, you know, her father just died or whatever, and he's yeah, just like, no. man, is she single? Exactly. I don't see a ring on her finger. You know, he's already <laughs> sizing right. her up. You know what right. I mean? And, like, frankly, he doesn't – Tom doesn't stop – a ring don't stop Tom. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just like – not this uh, guy, no. When's the appropriate moment for me to uh, ask her out to the bar, right? Yeah, is pre-funeral too soon? <laughs> exactly. Is, is moments after that too soon? Is but, moments um, after his death too soon? Yeah. Yeah, so but, uh, uh, this is this is also when we get the introduction of the coroner. Uh, her name is Teddy. Yes. It's another yeah. kind of young, attractive lady. Um you know, the doctor is like, you know, I don't know, find out what you can find out. Basically, like, now he's putting her on a mission. Like, she don't have enough to deal with, but okay. So now Teddy, you know this kind of, like, subplot in the background, right? She's going to inspect the remains of this guy. Like, what would that matter? He's a dead guy, but whatever. She's right. on the and case, she's also right? Im- there's also implications that there's been oh, yeah. shenanigans going right, on. Right, because like, it's like, how like have you been? Inappropriate she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, like, oh, for hey, sure. Can you find, can you find out this, uh, the details of the, uh, the car interior? Oh, uh, remember when we used to, you know, it was all that, like, uh, yeah. it's like, geez, I When wish. I used to see your car interior? Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. There's definitely an implication that he's been with her, too. So he's... At the very least, he's groped poor Nurse Agnes multiple times. You know that. He might have actually yes. slept with Nurse Agnes. You don't know. He's definitely I, I, slept with Teddy the coroner. He's got his really yes. angry ex-wife who's like, I'm sick of this alcoholic womanizer. So, uh, And now poor, uh, poor Ellie, she's in his sights. Um, so we also get another promo for the uh, on the television in the background at the bar because now he's at a bar, and uh, this is actually kind of a cool little thing because it lets you know like there's a layered uh, universe going on here. So Halloween Three is not set in the Halloween universe; it actually observes the Halloween universe as a movie because yeah, in the yeah. background there's a television playing at the bar. I think initially there was a cartoon on or something. He's like, hey, man, can you change this crap? And uh, yes, Which, like, right. why would there be a cartoon playing in a bar at night with a bunch of adults? But <laughs> Yeah, it was like Tom and Jerry or something. Yeah. yeah, something was on. So he flipped it over, and then now there's a promo commercial saying, hey, you know, uh, don't forget on Halloween night, we're going to have the horror marathon with the, ho- the, ho- the Halloween classic, Halloween. And it's showing clips <laughs> from the first movie. Yeah, right, right. So uh, and then then funny. they let you know that um, you know basically hey kids stay up really late because uh, it's gonna I guess the the contest is gonna happen at nine if I remember let me look at my notes I'm pretty sure it's the contest kicks off at I think it's nine yeah yes it is big giveaway uh, yeah it, it, they say uh, don't forget to stick around for the big giveaway at nine so they're wanting these kids to make sure you got your masks on and you're watching the TV at nine p.m. We don't know what time zone, but uh, we know their time zone. I think they're in uh, they're they're in California, so yeah, they're West in the Coast, West Coast, yeah. right? They're in California, but um, so they're encouraging the kids to watch this murder movie or at least tune in at nine with your mask on. So they're that they're kind of setting that up. Uh, I do. I found it interesting or cool that they refer to the original Halloween as the the horror classic. So <laughs> and a couple of years cool. later, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's only been a couple of years, but it's a horror classic. But uh, so now he's uh, he's at the bar, and 
then all of a sudden uh the chick tracks him down like why would she like this is kind of a weird subplot like like why wouldn't she go to talk to the police but i guess she wanted to go talk to the doctor who talked to her father not the nurses they were there too but so she pops up ellie pops up at the bar and uh you know, uh, she's like, she starts to let him know, you know, like, oh, you know, was there anything he said? And he tries to, you know, be cool. And he's like, oh, he said to tell Ellie that I loved her. And she saw right through that crap. She's just like, <laughs> nice try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, but then and the she, way he she, said it too was real, like, sarcastic. He's like, he said he loves you. And she was like, you know, nice try. Yeah, like, she she literally that? said, just... "Nice try." She's like, "My." And it dad. was like it was like he was trying to get rid of her, like he was annoyed with her or something. It was really weird the way he said it. Well, I mean, he was heavily drinking. I mean, there is a theme with Tom. He, he's either womanizing <laughs> or drinking, and sometimes those two things <laughs> right. intersect. So, great um, protagonist, yes. Yeah, he, he's he's chugging some. Someone to strive to look up to for sure. Yeah. Right, and and so now she mentions like you know her. So uh, to give a little more background to her father, her father is uh well he's a store owner who has a halloween mask and, I, and there's other things in his store because we actually get a shot of his store in next scene or two but um uh i guess that's why he went to where he went because he went to the silver shamrock factory i guess he must have saw what goes down there and he that's why he took off at a panic so she's she says that my dad takes meticulous records and uh you know, the last thing, the last entry, basically, he was going up north to this factory, right? So, <laughs> I love how Tom's, he don't miss a beat. He's just like, I'll take you. She goes, you would do that? You know, like, <laughs> this guy, dude. Yep. This guy, he don't, he don't miss an opportunity. So then, you know, I mean, you really got to feel for his wife, his ex-wife, because here comes another call. He's got to call her to be like, listen... Some real important stuff happened. I gotta go. Don't worry. I'll be back Saturday night. She's pissed. You can hear her cussing him I out. I promise I'll pick the kids up again. All that stuff. Yeah, I'll take yeah. him trick-or-treating or whatever he was promising, right? And I, I, then it's like you realize there's a six-pack of beers sitting on top of this payphone he's calling yeah. her on. <laughs> like He's just like, listen, this young hot chick wants me to roll with her to Northern California. I'm getting some beer. And we're going. And then, so like the next scene, you see them in the car. She's driving. So they, this gentleman let her take her car. He couldn't even offer to drive. And he's got his foot up on the dash. It's a quick scene if you notice it. But it's like this prick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so um, they're going to the town of uh, Santa Mira. This is like a supposed to be like an Irish town in Northern California. It's a, it's a, you know, it's not a real town, but um I, I, when I was doing a little bit of research on this, um, they do a lot of callbacks in this movie, like subtle ones. And one of them, I guess the name of this town is also the name of the town from the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not the really cool 70s version, but um, the original one. So they recycled the name, which I think is kind of cool. But um, Yeah, there's lots, of, um, there's lots of Body Snatcher vibes in this movie. Um, I think that's some of its. Per I think it's all purposeful. I think it's kind of like almost like an homage to. Oh, for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, that film. But well, um, not yeah, only that, a, uh, a scene we'll get to later on. There's a definite like they took a scene from yes yeah. the ending scene and the you know and the body snatchers and reused it. <clears throat> but this but, town, uh, you you notice there's cameras set up and it's like, yeah, kinda, like and everybody's and, staring at them when they're driving through. Like yeah, it's like you know. culty or whatever. Like, <clears throat> yeah, like, um, what's going on here? And, and then and then and then, like I said, Tom. You know, chef kiss because he goes and he's like, you know, maybe we should uh, go back to that uh, that gas station right there and uh, get some information and uh, get a room at this hotel or this motel. So this this devil man, he's he's already trying to get her into the room, and uh, so they get a room, they check into the motel, and uh, as they're checking in, he kind of says like, you know, keep the guy distracted. So he runs back into the into like the 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 office of the motel, the and he goes book, through yeah. yeah, he goes through the logbook, and he sees that uh, her father's name's there, and um, but this is the um, this this also leads into the first uh, mention of the true antagonist, which is uh, Cochran. Uh, he has a first name, but essentially he's Cochran, and um, his his limousine drove by or something, and the motel owner's like. Oh, there's, you know, there's Cochran. You know, he's such a great man with all he's done for the city. So, mm -hmm. um, and then this is also, uh, which is kind of a cool little side. So we get a couple little side characters introduced, which, you know, eventually, you know, you got to have a body count in these movies, right? So you got to bring in some new characters. So um, <laughs> he almost gets ran over uh, twice, right? Like the family comes in, Buddy, Betty, and little Buddy. And they come in yeah. in their Winnebago, and uh, the guy kind of slams on the brakes, and the bike flies off and almost hits Tom. Yep, yep. Right, so we get their introduction. So what did you think of that family? Annoying. You know, the guy's all super hyper, and, like, he's, like, a, I guess, like a salesman. He has a shop, and he's all, like, he, he's, he's a kind of a jerk, too, to his family. Like, he's dragging his family along, and he's, like, super high energy and all, like, worshiping Mr. Conkren type thing so yeah he is kind of an annoying character but i guess on purpose you know yep that I, I think that's too? yeah i, I kind of think that like he's like the, the used car salesman vibe mm -hmm. uh, but he's uh as we find out he's actually um silver shamrock's number one salesman he right, sold right, the right. most mass that particular year and i guess that's why him and his family has been invited to uh to the factory so, um, but then did we, we also get a sex scene. Did, did they have sex yet? Well, that's coming hotel? up. Did we, that's oh, actually, okay. that's actually the next scene. Um, okay. he, he goes into the room and I guess, uh, they have a little bit of a uh, little bit of a chat and then he mentions, uh, you know, that he, he could use a drink and like out of nowhere, she starts kissing him. Yeah. Classic eighties fashion. She comes on to him. Like right. he's like, well, maybe, uh, maybe we should sleep. I should sleep on the couch. And yeah, that was it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. <laughs> so he's like, maybe I should get another room. And then she's like, uh, well, won't that mess up our cover? And he goes, well, um, you know, I, I could sleep in the car cause it'd be more comfortable than sleeping on the floor. And she's like, well, where do you want to sleep? And he's uh -huh. like, he's like, well, basically like, where do you think? And then that's when she just starts <laughs> kissing him out of nowhere. Like, Here's this grieving daughter who's wondering, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, as listen, as so two icky. fathers of daughters, 
I'd be mortified if my daughter was like coming on to this guy so, who's twice her age when she's supposed to be investigating my murder, by the way. So at this point in the you know movie, I mean? the, the, talking about uh, the what's his name again? I keep forgetting his name. Tom Atkins, the protagonist. Tom yeah. Atkins. Okay. Right. You know, I, I, I'm I'm waiting for him to start being a better person or something, and it's just it's just getting no. They're worse doubling and down. Worse and yeah, worse. they're doubling down. And I'm like, this guy is so just disgusting. And why is he the main character? Why? I tell you what, though, I think this was um, the girl's first movie. Maybe she was like a last minute, a last minute kind of casting choice. I think it was supposed to be someone else. I, I like her a lot. She was she's one of the one of the characters I I kind of enjoyed in this film. I, I really like her. She just seems sweet and innocent. She's attractive, so I do like her. But um, it, 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 she doesn't, you know, like you just mentioned, she just lost her father. They're on this mission to find out what's going on, and she's coming on to this doctor, and she's probably about ten years younger than him, at least. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I actually looked it up, and the actor to the actress was about a twenty-year difference. Oh my gosh! Right, yeah. I don't necessarily know if he's supposed to be portrayed as a guy in his mid to late thirties, but he was, I believe, well, forty-three, and she. Yeah, was I mean, based on his. Based on his children's age and his, I would say he's probably supposed well. To be being in his that he's a doctor, 30s. yeah, I'm I'm <clears> thinking he's probably supposed to be in his 40s, right? He's graying a little bit. He's a doctor. Yeah. He's an established. And she's doctor. She's probably in her 20s. Oh, I mean, she's easily her, in her 20s. Early. Yeah, her 20s. father was yeah early 20s. That's that's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah. So that's a little. But again, back then that wasn't that unusual. Well, either. I mean, listen, the heart wants what it heart wants. I'm not necessarily <laughs> judging that. I mean, whatever. But I mean, I just don't know how the heart wanted that. There was really. It's not like he's like. I mean, like if he was Tom Selleck or something, right? Like a much more attractive man of that time in that time frame. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily think Tom Atkins is uh, a very attractive guy. Plus. I don't. It's not like he's oozing charisma either. So I'm no, not quite. No, no, he's very like unlikable. He has no charisma. Right, and then, like... and then the other aspect is like, okay, let's just say this dead father thing wasn't in play, and she met him at a bar. That would be a little different, right? She's lonely, or she's looking for a good time, whatever. But like, she's supposed to be there investigating her father's death. Like, she's supposed to be mourning right now. It's just strange. Like they it's really, very strange. they really kind of like. I feel like it was shoehorned in because I really feel like that whole thing could have worked without them sleeping together. It would have been fine. And it then, been better. and ironically, I, I, okay, so back when the 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 motel guy was like, "You got any bags or whatever?" and he goes back and it was like one little single bag, right? And he's like, "Oh, you guys packed light or whatever, or traveled light." Yeah. So it wasn't like. They had, you know, they a lot of planning involved and like packing all because, you know, all all Tom wanted was a six pack of beer. I don't think he brought <laughs> anything. And uh, she had the little bag, but she made sure to pack her teddy, right? Her little nightgown. Unless that was just <laughs> something she normally wears under her outfit or in her clothes. Yeah. Because um, when they finally do get it on, like, you know, she's like in this. Like, and. And can I say why? Look, don't take this the wrong way, but when you're watching a horror movie, especially an 80s horror movie, and there's a nude scene, why did it have to be his butt? 
Why couldn't they show? Uh, you got you know, Who see wants Tom's to see? Butt. Right. Oh my gosh! You get, he gets up out of bed. I'm like, oh my. So now you already don't like this guy. He's already disgusting. He's already yeah. a womanizer. And now we got to see his flabby butt. Yeah. I'm like, oh my. They got, they got the. I don't know. Listen, I'm you like, gotta that... have a little bit for the ladies, okay? <laughs> Do you, you think any ladies wanted? Ladies. The, let me tell you, the ladies would rather have seen her naked. Trust me. Maybe. Listen, this was the 80s, so. <laughs> so. Then we had that great shot. So anyway, right. But on. this is also when it leans into um, the Jamie Lee. Cur now there's two Jamie Lee Curtis cameos. Um, the first yes, one's a little yes. obvious when they're showing the promo on the television because um, they show the promo twice. There was one uh, earlier promo which kind of showed Michael Myers mostly, and then there's the second one where you're seeing her, where she's being chased by him. It's when she's running from the one house and she's going through the neighborhood screaming for someone to help her. So that's on the TV. Mm -hmm. So we've already seen that, or we will see that second promo. But um, this is when the her second promo, or her second, not promo, but her second cameo, cameo is um, they have a, a, a curfew announcement, a six o'clock curfew. And there's a lady's voice saying, you know, hey, everybody, it's 6 o'clock, you know, curfew's in effect, and make sure you inform your loved ones kind of thing, and everybody, you know, get into your house, basically. And But that's her. So I thought that yeah. was a cool little touch. And it's on uncredited, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it was credited or not, yeah. but that sounds about right. But I definitely know it's her because I've seen it. Yeah, it's her. I read that same fact. Now, here's the thing. It, Why is there a curfew? Like, for what purpose? Well, it's an Irish town. They don't want any fist fighting or something. <laughs> I don't really know. They, again, it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's trying to make it seem weird and creepy. But when you think about it, it doesn't. There's no purpose behind that. Why yeah, would Conqueron well, have a curfew? Would how does that benefit him? Yeah, I don't really know. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's about control. Maybe they do some stuff at night. They don't want people seeing. I I really don't know. But um, yeah, well, nobody knows. That's the thing. They didn't make it clear. It's just yeah, like and, they, and they never really paid that off. I mean, I guess the whole idea. I guess the the payoff is is there's not other citizens around when some of these scenes are happening. There's only so if you see a car or something, you know it's one of Conkrin's men. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess maybe that's the payoff. But um, but that you know Tom ain't gonna listen to your curfews. He's going to get a drink because he snuck out <laughs> and he goes and gets a bottle. Which why was that store open? If there's a curfew there's a in effect, curfew, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would the store be open? But he goes and gets he go gets a bottle of liquor. And he's as he's sneaking back to the hotel or to the motel. I mean, uh, he runs into a homeless man, in which the guy's like, "Hey, buddy, you got a bottle? Uh, let me get a swig of that. I ain't got no diseases." You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and he takes him at his word. Oh, this guy can't be lying here. Go yeah, ahead, homeless guy, sure. Right. So then the guy starts. Uh, the homeless man kind of starts running down. You know, Cochran and and the the company as a whole. He's just saying all this negative stuff, and because there's a camera there, and he starts yelling at the camera. He mentions that uh, he's gonna burn the. Well, I guess one the reason he's bitter is uh, when the when the factory came to town, they didn't hire no locals, and he couldn't get a job. And so he's bitter about that. And he says that he's going to burn the factory down with some uh, Molotov cocktails. He mentions that. Yeah. Uh, make sure he makes sure he says it right to the camera. Uh, you know, he says F you and all this stuff. Um, so then uh, 
which I think is a really cool kill, but is super suggestive initially. Um, you see uh, the homeless man back at his encampment, you know, and he's eating like a, a string cheese and cheese, uh, like he's got a string cheese and he puts it on a piece of bread. And I'm like, oh man, like that's the best you can get, buddy. <laughs> but uh, he starts to eat and then all of a sudden two suit guys pop up, right? And, uh, yeah. and you know, he's trying to apologize. Oh, I was just kidding or whatever. And uh, <laughs> kind of a weird thing, like, they pull him down to his knees, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy kind of reaches in front of him. You're thinking, like, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> What's like, going to go he, on here? Yeah, is he going to force him to do something? And uh, But that guy, uh, that's Dick Warlock. So that's actually one of the Michael Myers. So there's, like, another cameo of Michael Myers, technically. Um, the, the, the guy in the suit who... Uh, completely rips the homeless man's head off because he grabs him yeah. by the head and still you think he's going to make him kind of like you know do something to him and he just rips his head right off his he body rips his head off yeah yeah what, what, now what did you think about that i mean did you like uh the effect that's my favorite did, kill that's my favorite kill you? in the movie yeah okay yeah that one's well a pretty awesome did, kill did you notice though i thought it was so funny how he asked the guy asked um uh, shoot, what's his name? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna remember it this time. What, Tom, uh, what's Tom, his name? Tom. 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 What? Tom. Uh, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. He asked Tom Atkins for a swig. I don't have any diseases. And then the very next scene, he's got a full bottle. He's walking around drinking a bottle. Did you notice that? It may, do you think Tom gave it to him, or he just had his own bottle? No, I think he had his own. So he's he just trying bottle. to get an extra swig. Oh, man. I guess he went, a... Yeah, I guess he was lying. He wanted more. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's funny. He, he wanted a drink, but he's got his own. But anyway, yeah, that was my favorite kill. It was a great effect. He rips his head off and makes this gross sound and throws the head. And his, Yeah, his, that was pretty cool. Head's like shooting, his neck shooting out blood and just kind of slumps over. It's a good shot. So yeah, that's my favorite kill of the whole movie. Was that right? And there was a there was another character that I forgot to mention earlier. That when Tom met Buddy and his family, uh, after that, a lady almost hit hit her hit him with her car because he almost got hit twice in the same scene. And she pulls out, <laughs> and she's a a store owner, and her name is Marge. And she had there was a lot of exposition with her, but basically. Uh, she was there because uh, she she sold out a mask. She needs more mask. She doesn't like to have uh-huh, them shipped. Yeah, yeah. So she came to the factory directly, and they're putting her up in this crappy motel. So you get like this little side character of Marge, um, which you know yeah, is going to eventually keeps get bumping into her. Yeah, yeah. So and, and yeah, because she she kind of connected with Ellie briefly, and um, this is actually when the sex scene happens after Tom had came back to the to the motel. Uh, which we do get a glimpse of Ellie coming out of the shower prior to that. We don't really see anything. We see it kind of in the shadows. And then and then she takes the net. Like, she already had a towel around her. And then she pulls off. Here's a tip, man. There's one thing that probably gets washed the least at a hotel or a, especially a motel. <laughs> the, and that's that top sheet. blanket. Right. No, the top yeah, blanket. Yeah. The sheets are probably clean. But that top blanket, they're not washing that. So you don't really want to, you know. And she takes that and wraps that around her. Anyways, when Tom gets back, she's that's when she breaks the teddy out on him or, or the little negligee on him. And uh, so that's when they, they do it, right? So in, mm. it, it was funny because in the middle of this, there's a side story going on in Marge's room, which is the adjacent room apparently. And uh, 
she's uh, digging around and one of those silver shamrock uh, badges. So, so there's something about the mask. There's this little little button that's on the back of the mask that has the logo of the, sil the silver shamrock logo. And uh, that fell on it the falls floor. falls off. Right. Yeah. It was on the floor. She went and did some. She's reading a book or whatever. And she glances down and she notices it. So she picks it up, gets back into bed. She starts fiddling around with it, looking at it. Like on the back of it, there's like this microchip or, you know, basically a microchip on the back of it. So she's staring at it. And initially she's picking at it with her finger. And then for whatever reason, I don't even know why, she decides to pull out one of her hair clips and start digging at it with the hair clip. Start, yeah. Right? And then a laser shoots out of it and just blows her face all off. Which is, this, I think, this a pretty is a good dumb sculpt. Kill. Well, the, the kill, kill might be dumb, but the sculpt is pretty cool, I think. Yes, like her face, 100%. the way her face is all ripped open and everything, I look pretty cool. Yes, that was cool effect, Um, but I, I had this in my notes. I'm like, why in the world was she trying to shoot? Like, if you found a, a, a circuit board right. off of a toy mask, would you try to, like, dig into it and short it out with a with a hair clip? Like, what is she doing? Like, why is she doing that? It made no sense. And it, then it like shoots his blue laser into her mouth. Right. How, how did it aim? I don't, none of it made any sense. Like, where did the well, laser? Well, but did we also we also get the first shot of an insect crawling out of her mouth too? They don't really explain why, but um, no. That's but a, apparently that's a. Well, yeah, this got, blue. Got, I think. Well, the blue. We'll, we'll get to the blue laser. The blue laser comes back up again at the end. But I mean, apparently, it's something to do with this button, and we'll we'll get to that. But um, the lady, that lady who played Marge, is actually Tom Atkins' uh, real wife. At the time, that was his married wife. I think eventually they oh. got divorced, but that was his actual Poor wife, girl. the actress. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Poor girl. So in the next room, <clears throat> while Tom and Ellie are doing it, they hear it. They hear the noise, and uh, Ellie's like, what was that? And his response was, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So... Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Classic. And then yeah. um, all of a sudden, uh, just to kind of show you uh, how much control uh, Silver Shamrock has over this town, um, they immediately know something was wrong um, because they sent a Silver Shamrock van to the to the motel. Um, Ellie and mm -hmm. Tom kind of hear the commotion, so they open the door and they're looking out, and there's all these guys in suits. Um, and this is actually when we get our first look at Cochran. Um, he's what trying to comfort them, letting them know that they're gonna. You know, he's like, "There was just a little commotion. Don't worry about it. We got it taken care of." And they're gonna send her to the factory. <laughs> to, yeah, for uh, superior medical attention, right? Right. Instead of a hospital, uh, <laughs> that's not how they do it in uh, Santa Mira. You go to the factory to see a doctor, but. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, uh, then we also get uh, another shot of Tom. He's calling his, uh, he's calling Teddy the, 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 the mortician. No, what did I call her? Uh, the coroner. Coroner. And, yeah. um, and this is when she's like, uh, there's this metal in this, right? When yeah, she's inspecting the ashes. Yeah, they got the envelopes mixed up, and they, they all she's got is gears and metal. So, this is our first glimpse as to uh, the fact that. He wasn't human. 
or, or a not so subtle clue, you know, that's kind of <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess right. We haven't really seen it yet, but this is definitely something like there's something fishy here because she makes a point to saying there's no, there should be bone fragments or something like that. Right. She's like, where is it all at, basically? And um, but then this is when like it's so this poor lady, like obviously she's probably trying to like score points with Tom, maybe. <laughs> He's like her best lover she ever had or something because she's still trying to stay in his good graces. And uh, he uh, he says like, hey, uh, I want you to look into this this Cochran guy. <laughs> so <laughs> right. like he's giving her like a homework assignment. Yeah, now she's no longer coroner. She's uh, coroner and PI. Right. Yeah, she's going to go out and, you know, track down information about this guy. And um, but then it kind of like the camera like pans back a little bit and you realize because he's at the the motel phone he's back into the motel like the the manager's office and it pans back a little bit and you can see like there's a little recording device kind of recording the whole thing Mm -hmm. yeah so then then it goes to the next day they go to the factory uh like the daughter this is kind of when like the daughter's kind of like investigating again they're kind of getting back to the overall story there's you know so mm-hmm. why they're really there. They're trying to find out what happened to her father. Now know, that they're done with all the beer and sex, they got to get back to work. It, right. right. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> we got to find out what's going on. So, um, uh, they, buddy's family's also there. So they're going into, uh, this like reception area. They're talking to maybe one of the receptionists. Uh, she's using the, the rule that, uh, that, um, you know, like the, the order was lost. Right. Yeah. And so like, well, uh, you know, he signed for it. And then she goes, well, you know, I don't know. And then she's like, well, hey, you want me to get someone else? To, the person who gave it to him. And she's like, yeah. So that guy comes out. And he goes, oh, no, I remember it. I loaded it up and everything. He loaded it up in his station wagon. So they let you know, like, her dad has a station wagon. <laughs> a little more exposition. And uh, that's when Cochran comes in. He starts talking to uh, Buddy's family. And, and this is when you realize why he's kind of in the mix because... He was the salesperson of the year. They make sure to let you know that he sold more masks than anybody else. And uh, so this is kind of when we get kind of like the cool part of the movie, I think. And I, I think you agree, right? This is uh, when we get like the, the tour of the factory. Yeah. Yeah. I love this scene. <clears throat> it's so cool yeah, because seeing them this actually is... make the masks. And this looks like a real factory, too. They're pouring the molds and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, that's cool. Well, and yeah. And it, so initially starts off, we're going through kind of like a museum kind of area where... You see that uh, the Silver Shamrock actually made other things. It was a novelty company. They There was like little mechanical toys and other things there. Did you spot anything that caught you? Yeah, eye? and they had other Halloween masks in the background that were kind of cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. And then, you know, you, Buddy's letting you know, like, you know, the guy had novelty toilet paper or novelty something. I don't know. He, he's rambling on because that's, kind of, that's kind of what Buddy does. But, um, so we're seeing all that and that's kind of cool, but then they have like this subtle, they go by this one, um, area and that there's like a door at the end of the hallway that is real subtle. That lets you know, like, this is the final processing area. (laughs) And, um, but right, right before that though, I guess they went by some masks and a little, little buddy wants a mask. And, um, so he, he, uh, he's like can i have a mask he's like well no but you can have this one because this one's been this has gone through the final processing and 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 uh 
Buddy Senior is like, well, what is that? You know, what's that about? But he didn't want to. He's like, well, you know, it's basically our secret. You know, we can't tell you this. Uh, trade secret, buddy. So he kind of walks into a, like a like a dock area or, you know, loading area where maybe trucks will pull up. And um, this is when Tom spots all these uh, these guys in suits standing on top of buildings kind of staring. And of course, along the way, you're seeing cameras everywhere. So they'll let you know you're being watched. But uh, he tells her, uh, you know, <clears throat> like those are the guys that killed your father or they they look like the guys that killed your father let's get out of here basically and uh that's when they spot the station wagon or well ellie does which you know was very discreetly covered right like there was a tarp on it but you know like Only half of the car would yeah, yeah it's like oh, what are they somebody How just convenient. decided enough was <laughs> enough you know <laughs> like yeah we don't have enough energy to throw the rest of the tarp on so yeah, so she kind of runs over to it, and this is another part where, you know, uh, Tom being Tom, uh, does he run over there with her where all these guys are standing around? Nah, he just hangs back. <laughs> just back you know. and watches. Yeah, so, you know, classic Tom, right? Classic and, um, Tom. <laughs> right, so then they go back to the motel, and uh, he goes to make a phone call uh, in the room, I guess, but it won't work. And, uh, oh no, he goes back to the, like, he leaves her in the room, so he's gonna go use the, because I guess the only phone is in the motel lobby or the motel office, and, uh, when he comes back, he notices she's missing. The door's open, she's gone. Um, I think there's also a shot of maybe the, the, the guys in the suits, uh, driving her around. You know, you can kind of see mm -hmm. them, they pull into, like, a garage area at the, at the, at yeah. the, um, the factory. And, um, and this is, a. Uh, so then now Tom decides like, you know, he's got, I guess he just knows. Cause he, I think he was chasing the car a little bit. If I remember correctly, like by on foot, which, you know, I, I don't recall, but cause he sounds Tom. like, sounds like Tom. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what Tom would do. But uh, anyway, so he breaks into the factory. He finds a window to climb into. Like, I'm going to give it to Tom though. I think, you know, we should give him a little bit of credit. Like, uh, you know, he's going to go above and beyond. Cause he could have bailed at any point. Right. I guess. I mean, at this point, like, I mean, it's like he's already got what he wanted. I mean, he's definitely not a guy looking for a woman for the long, long haul. You know, like, it feels yeah, like this is when Tom could have bailed. But he decides to break into the factory. And this is when I notice a, a repurposed sound from Christine, uh, where Christine's headlights come on. Um, I think it's either it's either when he went through the window or when he got in there and then one of the guys in suits popped up behind him. I think that's when like the little headlight noise came on. Like, well, every time they show every time they show one of the guys in suits, it makes a really cool sound. And I think is maybe that what that's you're talking the about? sound. Yeah, because yeah. have you have you seen Christine in a while? Because there's I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it. Yeah. Well, when when the, when the headlights come on, it makes a very distinct noise. And I did. I, I wrote my notes, uh, use sound from Christine. Um, so he gets in a fight with this dude, and this is when we get the payoff of what these suits, these guys in suits really are. Um, he punches him in the stomach, and the guy starts, like, you know, gurgling up. Egg yolks. Slime, or whatever. Is it egg yolks? Did you, is that, did it, you find that that's out? That's what it or? looks like. It's it's yellow. It looks just like egg yolks to me. I don't have yeah, confirmation well, come, of that, but that's what I'm calling it. Well, I, I agree with you. It probably is. So it comes out of his mouth, and it comes out of his stomach, and guy's got it all over his hand, and um, 
So Cochran pops up and he's just like, you know, what are you doing here, man? Oh, actually, you know what? Right after that, he he goes and he shakes that lady. There's like an old lady in a like a rocking chair. You know, because Tom, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Tom's not subtle, man. When Tom tries to get your attention, <laughs> if you don't say something, he's going to start grabbing you and shaking you, right? Especially or if you're a woman. You. Yeah, especially right, if you're a woman. If you're a woman. If you're dude, he's not going to even do any of that. But if you're a woman, he's going to he's going to make his presence felt. But um <laughs> Her head falls off, and then you see all these gears exposed and everything. So you, you kind of get an idea that maybe everybody there might be an android or a robot or something. And, and the only reason I mentioned android is I did hear that a lot in reviews. And, like, the goo coming out of his, the guy's stomach kind of reminded me of uh, of Ash on the Aliens. Well, what, I mean, what would you? what's the difference milk. between an android and a robot? I think they have... Uh, human skin maybe or like maybe this part okay. of them that makes them an android right they're a little bit they like there's some sort of um well because like I mean, okay I the, the terminator would be an android wouldn't he sure i, I think that's an interchangeable term i don't know if there's a, a maybe there's definition. not a, maybe there's not a real difference i don't know you you might be right i just I, I guess a robot would a be i guess a robot okay here's what i would think an android Optimus is a robot Primes that looks is a human. robot Right, yes, Optimus yes. Prime is a robot, right? <clears throat> Android so to maybe me is if a they robot. Meant to look, yeah, maybe if they look human. With flesh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So they're Android. Well, whatever. Okay, we'll Android, robot, it really doesn't matter. It, they are what they are. But this is kind of when you get like, you know, you got the goo coming out. Um, then um, Cochran decides, you know, like he's basically like, you know, ah, we got you, right? So he takes them to the final processing room. And this is when we get... The, the shot of Stonehenge, the, the missing Stonehenge mm -hmm. rock. He mm -hmm. even makes a, a point of saying, we had a time getting it here, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. You think you think it'd be hard to get Stonehenge from, what where is that, Europe to, to California? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I a break. Yeah, yeah you're not going to take that on like a small commuter plane, right? But, right. um, and then we're also led to know, we're also knowing what the process is. So I guess they're scraping off little pieces of Stonehenge and they're putting it as like a final product on um, that's the, the final process. Yeah, that's yes. the final. It, it's what's going on. The silver shamrock, the little button yes. that goes on the back of the mask. Uh-huh. So this is where the witchcraft comes in. This is where the witch part is paid off because uh, he talks about a. Um, Cochran has like a long monologue where he's talking about uh, the tradition of Halloween in Ireland and he you know basically you get this imagery of like this poor town and on the night of Halloween they're all waiting for a scare or something like that he referred to it as the festival of S Sam Samhain I don't know it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N so whatever that is Samhain but um, that was his little speech so now we get a shot of uh, Buddy and his family. So they're led into um, to like this. Uh, it says test room on the door, but it looked like a mock living room, right? Right. Kind of like a right. like a living room from like the '60s, '70s, early '80s. You know, it has like the couch with the you know like the plaid pattern couch and a TV on a tray and you know or like a stand and there's a there's a coffee table with grape the fake grapes on it and everything and right. uh buddy senior's a little annoyed i guess he's a little impatient the wife is kind of questioning why they're even there he mentions that uh 
you know, Cochran wants him to watch a commercial that they're, you know, supposed to give him input on this commercial. Um, little buddies mentions that he's got to use the restroom. Dad's just like, yeah, just chill, kid, you know. He's and yelling um, at his family, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he's a great guy, buddy, you know. The salesman of the year, father of the year, yeah, right? He's a big shot, right. Yeah, he's a big shot. He's real important. And uh, so then... Then you get a shot back to uh, Cochran and, and his and his guys. He gives them the signal, like you know, go ahead and press the buttons. You know, turn on the thing. So this is a this is something that kind of has a pays off at the end of the movie. But um, one of the android guys are typing in a little code on his big console, and he types in six six six. So that's what actually makes the commercial play. So that's yeah. What I, I didn't triggered. catch that. I didn't see that. Yeah, I guess that's the activation code for the commercial. And uh, so then the commercial comes up. Well, it's not really the commercial at this point, right? This is the this the is the actual contest, right? Because it's like, hey, kids, grab your mask. It's time, you know, put your right, masks right, on. Right, right. And then the, the, the Silver Shamrock commercial starts playing. Right. Um, and everything seems like normal at first. You know, Buddy Senior kind of makes mention like this again. You know, we've already seen this commercial. But uh, something something's off because the 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 boy starts to kind of you can see something's wrong with the boy. He starts grabbing his head. You know they have a shot of the mask. It looks like it's kind of deteriorating on his face, and um, so you know that's not good. And uh, he falls over to the ground. Uh, the mom kind of she that's when she notices something's wrong. She stands up. She starts seeing like all these crickets and. <laughs> Like, look, I mean, I thought they were worms, but maybe they were really small snakes coming out of his face at no, first. No, there were snakes. Well, no, there was a big snake that came out. There was a couple big ones, but there was a little tiny one that came out. I'm talking about the initial shot. There's mm. a bunch of crickets and, a, and a, a little tiny worms and stuff, and then, like, a rattlesnake comes out. But uh, Mom straights fainted. I don't know if she had a heart attack or what, but... That was the end of Mom. She never moved again. Yeah, another trope. You just stand up and faint. And the guy, the father's trying to get out. He's not trying to help his son. He's trying to no. get out of the room. No, Buddy <laughs> Senior doesn't help. No. <laughs> He's getting the heck out of there. Uh, I Look, this scene is such a miss to me because of all the things, all the cool things they could have done with the mask being triggered. It's such a great concept, I think. This commercial, there's all this buildup for this commercial. It triggers like this microchip on the mask, and it kills kids in some, in some fashion. And bugs and snakes. What a lazy, tropey, dumb way. They could have had, they could have had the kid's head explode or implode or blood coming out or screaming or something. But no, just crickets and snakes come out of it. It makes no yeah, sense. Where crickets, did they come from? Uh, well, I guess that's the magic, right? I don't know because look here. Here's the thing: they mention witchcraft. It's so dumb. It's season of the witch, and they just casually mention witchcraft once, and with no explanation. No, like he's just like the the guy's like Conquer's like saying something, and then Tom's like witchcraft, and that's it. That's that's all you get. There's no like explanation at all as to what they even mean by witchcraft. And I mean, I guess there is some, but it, it makes no sense. It's very convoluted. And to have this kid with this uh, this opportunity for this mask to finally, you finally get to see what's gonna, how these kids are gonna die. And it's just a bunch of snakes and bugs come out. And not even cool bugs, not even spiders, but crickets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Well, but what you kind cheesy... of have to think maybe, 
what was easier? I mean, well, they were definitely cheaper, right? I mean, you can get a bunch of crickets. Like, I, I don't really know. I, I get what you're saying. It felt like it should have been a bunch of spiders and snakes. Well, I, I don't think it should have been anything like that. I think it was a missed opportunity to do something really cool. Of all the well, things I they know, could have done. Well, I know, but I mean, if you're going to use the creatures... If you're going to use scary creatures and yeah. you have snakes and you don't have spiders, you have crickets instead... I'm right. like, crickets, crickets is super lame. I mean, I guess, were they supposed to be locusts, maybe? No, they were crickets. And then if you I noticed, know they were crickets, but I'm saying what they were supposed I to represent. Don't. I don't know. But I don't know, ahead. but the, if you noticed when the girl in the hotel had the was fiddling with the microchip and it, you know, the right. game shot in her mouth, it was a different bug. It was a, some kind of wasp or something that came yeah, out of Yeah, it was mouth. something weird. I, I actually paused it and looked at it, and... Um, it's like a wasp, I think. Some kind of stinging. Uh, uh, I don't bug. know what it was, but it definitely wasn't a cricket. Uh, that no. I know. And just one came out. And well, where did that you didn't come have from? a budget for fifty of those, dude. Come on. They had to go out by one wasp. That's all they can afford. <laughs> they went down to the local uh, pet store and got some. You know, they, had, they only could afford one wasp, I guess. But crickets, you know, you can buy them by the bag. But just a missed opportunity, and, and it makes no sense. Where did they come from? I guess I guess you're going to say witchcraft, but they don't really. Well, that's what it. I'm thinking is witchcraft. Okay, but even with witchcraft, where did they just manifest out of the mask? Like where were they in the mask? Where did they come from? It just doesn't make any sense because prior to that, the the microchip was more techn technologically based. It shot a beam into the lady's face. Now bugs are just coming out of this out of the mask. And he falls over dead. I, it just doesn't make any sense. It could have been so many cooler things than this. And it's just weird that this is what they picked for. Like the, this is like the main kill, the ultimate kill. What's going to happen with? Well, this is the payoff. And, this is yeah. definitely the payoff. This is what's going to happen to all these kids across the country at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. What time zone? Like, let's say it happened on New York or East Coast or whatever. Uh, they don't contact anybody on the central coast or the central time zone. Yeah, like, hey, hey, don't put those masks on at nine. Just you know, you know, skip for that. For God's sake, because you're gonna throw die. Those masks out. So I think that was another weird thing. Is I mean, I understand that you know it's kind of just like a silly sci-fi movie, and you know they don't expect people to nitpick. But if this is something that's going across the whole country now, if it was only supposed to be a West Coast thing, and maybe that's that, but that's not the impression I got, right? No, like, I felt it, like it was a worldwide was, event, right? Yeah, it wasn't or just at least like localized. They yeah, don't I mean, I guess much of anything, honestly. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm looking too much into it, and it was only going to be on the West Coast. And okay, I can accept that. I guess. I mean, I can accept that, but, um, but yeah. So, Buddy's dead. Buddy Senior, Buddy Junior's dead. I'm assuming the wife is dead too, or she's going to be. Cause, yeah. I mean, so scared she died. She fell over. And right, died. she just died. And um, <laughs> this is also when you could tell they're starting to tie up loose ends because um, I believe this is the point where they kind of shot uh, shoot back towards um, uh, Teddy the coroner, and uh, she's messing around with it, and she notices like there's, I think that she find a, a silver shamrock button in it, or she found something in it that alerted her, right? And uh, she's going to get on the phone to call, but now you see another one of those androids. Uh, he's messing around. He's got a drill, and he holds her to the ground. This is the only kill, though, that out of the whole movie they didn't show. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of liked its subtleness because, I mean, she's still shaking her legs. You still know what's going on. 
you see his hand go towards their face and then kind of show him from the back. Um, I didn't hate this kill. I mean, I can understand if you're looking for gore, but I kind of felt like we got our fill of that. I mean, we got the lady getting shot in the face. We got the yeah. kid's mask, the head getting ripped off, the face getting smashed. Um, androids getting their stomachs punched out. So I kind of feel like that one was fine. It didn't bother me. I, I watched um, this one uh, show, and uh, they do a kill count. And they kind of rate everything. Uh-huh. And uh, he didn't like that. He thought it was... Like, why didn't they not show that? And I was like, I don't know. Well, I kind of feel like it was fine. I mean, how many times have we seen a drill go into a rubber head? I mean, it, yeah, I agree. It's fine. We didn't yeah, I, it. I actually think, like, your imagination kind of uh, make that. I, I feel like that was better than actually showing it. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's kill, like, number five, right? Or six, five or six? Yeah, like I think we're about... I think we're about six range. Um, I had a count of the whole thing, but I, I don't know where I put it. But <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there was about seven or eight kills overall. Now, that's saying that, I mean, in, in theory, there could have been millions, right? Because even yeah. the even though the kids are the ones that are going to take the brunt of the death, I mean, I'm assuming some adults could have the mask on too, but there's also, I mean, if there's rattlesnakes and stuff coming out of these masks, there's other people who are going to get bit, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe there's cobras. Maybe there's other things. Exactly. Like what? How? So the, how these microchips are going to be activated by the television screen? If it's if it's witchcraft, why do they need technology as well? Why couldn't they just cast a spell up into the air or something? <laughs> like why are they using a television to trigger a microchip if it's actually witchcraft? Like what? What is well, it? Well, like, okay. There was another little subtle thing I picked up at one point. You know, because every now and then we hear like something going on on the TV in backgrounds, and they were mentioning about junk mail. So I don't know if this was also like a take on commercialism, maybe. So okay. they're gonna kill us with the televisions. Uh, I might be looking too much into that, but. Um, sure. Anyway, so now they decide to put. Uh, now it's gonna be they're gonna get rid of Doctor Tom. They could just kill him, right? <laughs> right? I mean, they could just... This is always, like, the downfall this is always the way. of the villain, right? Like, you can't... Yeah. This is, like... This is where the James Bond trope kicks in. Because they, they're sticking him in a room by himself, letting, like, something kill him. Whether it's, like, James Bond on a table where the slow-moving saw is coming towards him or whatever. <laughs> right, just hit him over the head with a hammer, for goodness sake. How about just shoot... Yeah, you know what? That's, like, a brilliant part in... Um, in uh, uh, Austin Powers, where uh, Doctor Evil's like, you know, go ahead and do this, and then like his son's like, dude, what are you talking about? Just shoot him right in the head. Like, there's a gun right there. You know what I mean? Like, I'll it's do it myself. Like in movies you know? where they imprison the good guys, and they always just happen to put them next to each other with a window so they can talk to each other and plan out right. their escape. <laughs> it's the same exactly. thing. Exactly. Um, but anyways, they stick him in a room, and he's tied to a chair, and there's a TV there, and they know, like, the countdown's happening. So 9 o'clock's fastly approaching, right? Um, so they stick one of the masks on his head, basically, so he's going to be killed when the when the contest happens. And then they leave him in this room, and now Cochran and his, his goons are all making their final preparations. They're hanging around Stonehenge, and um, and now he's, you know trying to get out of it so uh he kicks the tv because uh, actually halloween's playing in this is the second um mm -hmm. this is like the second showing of it this is when you see jamie lee curtis running and he's 
he knows if that TV, if that contest goes off, he's going to die. So uh, Tom inches his way over to the television and kicks it. Uh, conveniently, nobody's paying attention when he does that. <laughs> you know, he's able to wiggle himself out or whatever. All uh, these goons, takes... they couldn't stick one in the room to, to keep an eye right. on Right. Why couldn't he just everywhere. leave one there? I, I, I'm telling you, it's so, there's a lot of plot holes at the end. Um, <laughs> he he uh, flips the mask up, which was amazing. Because, you know, like, this is like, I mean, this, they need to sign this guy up to, like, an NBA contract. Because, you know, like, he's half tied to the chair. He flips oh, it well, up, on the so camera, covers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he covers the camera. Um, that was funny. W- one of the guys in the suits noticed, like, there's, like, these eye holes. He's like, what's this? And But Cochran's on the phone at this point, like, making another big deal or something. Um, so that's why he's he's uh, he's distracted. And uh, then, you know, Tom gets out of the chair. He goes to the door. Of course, the door's locked. Then he turns into John McClane and crawls into the air ducts, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, it happens to be an air duct big enough for a a, for a, a human for male a full to grown crawl man, right? Him, yeah. yeah, I would love to see this factory because I mean that seems like it could be kind of fun to do that, but uh, right, whatever. And the, uh, these air ducts are always to... so clean too. There's never any dust in them or anything. Yeah, like that. They're just spotless. And they're so well well lit. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. at least John McClane had a lighter, right? He was walking right. around with a lighter to kind of see his way. No, not for Tom. Tom gets his. There's lights in his. Um, he finds a phone, so he tries to call his wife again, which is just, you know, classic Tom's wife. Because she just, where the F are you? You know? <laughs> and he's like, listen, just listen to me. Take the mask from him. Whatever you do, take the mask away. And she's like, what? F you. Like, she thinks he's yeah. drunk. Because I think she even right. asked him if she's drunk. And now she thinks he's just jealous that they like her mask better than his mask. And, um, yeah, you know, I did miss a part <laughs> earlier. There was a funny part earlier where, uh, he calls her and she starts talking. And he just says, listen, just shut up. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot when that was, but there was a point where he just Classic tells her, Tom. yeah, just shut up, you know? And, uh, so anyways, he calls the wife. Oh no, actually this is when he tells it. I wrote it right here. He said his wor- first words out of his mouth is Linda, shut up. So that's her name, Linda. <laughs> So he tells her to if, shut up. If she up. was there, he would have backhanded her for sure. Oh, definitely. He's like, Tom ain't <laughs> taking nothing from no woman. Um, he finds Ellie strapped to a table. So he's, you know, wakes her up. Hey, you know, come on, let's get out of here. So um, they take, and this is kind of a silly part too. Um, why they decide to go to where all the bad guys are, I guess maybe he's trying to be the hero and put a stop to what's going on. But, like, realistically speaking, how is he going to beat all these people? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a gun. There's no gun in the whole movie now that I think about it. That was kind of interesting, right? Yeah, for an 80s movie, yeah. Like, there's really no weapon at all. There's no knife. There's no gun. There's a drill. But, um, that's it. So, Late uh, Laser shooting microchips, I guess, would be a weapon, but yeah. Right, so they kind of like Scooby-Doo their way across the scene because they're like behind a rack of costumes and they're like pushing <laughs> <Right>. the rack. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a big plot. I mean, there's a big plot error coming up that I'll mention because I don't want to give it away yet. But mm-hmm. so him and her, they make this rack move. So now he gets over to a box that has all the 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 shamrock buttons in it. 
and uh, he climbs up onto like a scaffolding and he starts throwing them off and then so they're he spreads them out everywhere or something. oh no, no no actually I take that back this is when you get the payoff of the code because he goes to the, he works his way over to like the the little you know the engineering panel or whatever and he types in thing, yeah, yeah he types in 666 to make the commercial come on or to the payoff come on the contest and they're all kind of like what the hell's going on like nobody just just goes over there and hit stop right they're all like <laughs> they don't know what's going on and even cochran's kind of like eh, you know something's going on <laughs> so he goes back he's just looking around he, yeah yeah this is when he climbs up the scaffolding and he starts throwing all the shamrock buttons everywhere and of course now laser every all hell breaks loose right <laughs> it's the dumbest like, thing i've ever seen it makes no sense Right, all the lasers are shooting everything, and it perfectly hits every one of the robots. Yeah, how did he and, know that uh, was going to do that? Like, it, he just dumps them over the, the the railing, and like as they get as they get right at like head head height of all the robots, they just start shooting, you know, sparking everywhere, and they all just start falling down with like right. Because why wouldn't he have thought? Because the only thing he saw was like insects and snakes. Right. Yeah. So like the insects and the snakes aren't gonna hurt. They might hurt Cochrane, but they're not gonna hurt uh, the the, the robots. robots. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a. <clears throat> he just knows things, right? <laughs> he just knows things. Yeah. He just knows things. So, um, Cochrane realizes like everything's gone to hell, and and this is kind of like one of those weird parts where he looks up at him and he kind of gives him a golf clap, like well done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then, um, then Stonehenge starts like acting up, getting all like charged up, and it zaps him with the laser. And and then it's like it was like probably the worst effect out of the whole movie, right? He turns like white or something. Like, yeah, he looked like paper mache or something. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it looked really bad. It was a terrible effect. Um, so they, you know, uh, Tom and Ellie flee from the thing, and that this is the other bad effect, like. I guess it was supposed to look like the factory was burning up, but it really just looked like the, there was like a red light behind it. Yeah, it was a bad blue screen effect. It was just like a red glow behind it. Yeah. Very yeah, cheesy. that was that was pretty bad. So the, then the next thing we see, they're in the car leaving town. And this is another one of the plot holes that does really doesn't make any sense. So they're, you know, now he's panicking. Like, he's like, we got to tell everybody, basically. And at this point, she hasn't said a word. And I, I don't think I really noticed it the first time that she hadn't said anything. But uh, then he then he kind of clicks, like, hey, you know, like, what's wrong with you or something? And then she, like, grabs his face to try to kill him, I guess. Why wouldn't she do that back at the factory? <laughs> and, My question, yeah, this is a ahead. big plot hole. This is Go a big ahead. plot hole because how did they make her in like 15 minutes? Well, that was stupid. Like, but I, I'm gonna did... get I'm gonna get into a, a fan theory, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean she's on the table, so they they crafted this replica right. of the girl in like a, in like a couple of minutes. Strapped and like, her to the table. Yeah, yeah. So why would they? How did they know that he was gonna go get her? Like it makes no well, sense. Well, there was one point where they showed her on TV, right? They said, "Yeah, there she is on the table," and then they also showed the one lady's body under a blanket. So there was a little bit of that when Cochran was showing him everything into the when he but, they were in the final processing room. So this is how they plan to kill 
um, Tom was by stra- tricking him that she, you know, strapping her to a table, hoping that he would go get her, and then way later <clears throat> on she kills him. No, see, I- I'll play this out. They really didn't think she was going to be a factor at all. They thought he was going to die with a mask on his head. Right. So, so what, why was ro- she strapped to the table as a robot? Uh, maybe they weren't done working on her. Maybe that. I guess <laughs> if I'm gonna make some excuses, maybe that's why Wait she didn't. They were working on her in this bare room all by herself. Well, listen, they were gonna get to it. They they wheel <laughs> these things in and out, Duke. Come on. Have you never been into a factory robot making room? Come on. I've not. Not like this. They don't just leave stuff laying around, but. Uh, Anyways, it's revealed that because, you know, at this point, I guess, technically speaking, you don't know she's a robot until he pulls over the car. Well, he gets in a wreck. And for whatever reason, that wreck rips her arm off because the arm's still stuck to the door. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets out of the car and she pops up, one armed woman. She starts strangling him. Uh, Conveniently, the wreck popped the trunk open so he was able to grab a tire iron. And uh, he bashes her in the head because, you know, of course, right? It's very and, reminiscent uh, of the scene in Alien where they knock um, Ash's head off and it's like hanging off to one side. Look just like yes. that scene. Yeah, because he knocked her head off. And uh, he goes to get back in the car and then the arm... So now she's got three forms, right? Because there's the first form and then he, she loses an arm and a head. Then, the, then the, <laughs> the arm starts choking him. So he gets back out of the car and chucks the arm. And then all of a sudden, the cor- the headless corpse starts to try to kill him. But I guess I at that point, it like ran this. out of steam, right? I hate stuff like this because how can the, like, and this is where my brain goes. Now, maybe I'm just, you know, being a little too picky, but how how did the arm know where he was? Did it have eyes? I mean, and how did it move? It jumped over to his neck. And if you noticed, it's a, such a dumb scene. He's, like, pushing the arm down, and it's, like, pushing back up so it has to be some kind of force of like magic or something yeah. because it's not like crawling it's just like reaching for his neck independent of anything so i'm like what is what is controlling the arm how can it know where his neck is well the, and- the body still i i don't know if the body or the head could still control the body being separated but you could see there was a point where they did show a shot of the body on the ground next to the head and it was still looking and everything. So I don't know if it was still like kind of controlling the body, but I, never, I didn't notice that, but either way, it's like when he was, it in doesn't the, matter. It was he silly. was in the car with the door closed and the arms like jumping over to him and trying to choke Starts him, to choke him. And right. it's like, it has, it has magic because it's pushing upwards with nothing. Well, And, and I think it it's a fair assumption to think that it does have magic. Uh, that's right? another thing that bugs me is that there's no explanation of what, how, how these robots, who made these robots? Like who, there's no, there's just no explanation of anything. It's, it's just, yeah, it's a problem because it takes okay, you so out of the film. I, I'll go into the fan theory about her and, um, there's a theory that she was always a robot. Huh? I don't buy that. I don't buy it. I'll, I'll play both sides of it. The side where I buy it is, uh, no, I don't buy it at all. Because, because what's the point? Because he was just some random doctor. She was there just yeah. to lure him back to the factory. Yeah, no. that makes no sense. And I, I think sex. the only part that, well, that's the part that I would buy it. The way she came on to him so strong, like she knows that uh, 
she he's weak man that you know what I mean? Like I well, don't why, know, but why I don't do the other robots it. act like they're they can't even barely talk and she acts completely right. normal. So well, and when she was a robot she didn't talk. That's right. And she acted different. Right. Yeah. yeah, she did act different. So I don't buy that at all, but that was a fan theory. There's another cool fan theory that um, Michael Myers was always one of these things. And okay. his mask has a, sh a silver, uh, silver shamrock button on it somewhere. There you go. That's pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I, I still prefer like what Michael Myers is or whatever. But maybe the reason that he became crazy or whatever was because when he put that little clown mask on as a little boy, that was a silver shamrock mask. Maybe. Yeah, and a cricket uh, crawled into his ear and made him go crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. But now the whole movie comes for a full circle because now Tom takes on the role of the old man, of Ellie's dad, and he's running crazy, and he ends up at the same gas station with the same clerk, and uh, the TV's on, of course, because, you know, I mean, there's no other channels. And um, he's like, I need to use your phone. Um, he says, it's life or death, he says. So he... <laughs> He goes to the phone, and then we get the, like, the, 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 oh, when there's also, like, a shot of what I think is actually a really nice shot is, uh, you get these shots of, like, because you can hear the narration on the TV saying, it's almost time, kids, get mm -hmm. your mask ready, and there's, and, like, you see these shots of all these kids, or maybe it was a little earlier, but there's a shot of all these kids trick-or-treating in different towns, right? Yeah, that's cool, too. There's, like, some silhouettes of them on a hill, and it's, it's, a, it's some good imagery, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that looks really cool. Uh, and of course, you know, you get to see all the three different masks. And, yeah. uh, and the other thing that uh, comes into the Halloween 3 thing is I'm going to mention right now is apparently there's only three TV stations, right? Because Tom gets on the phone. He's telling somebody, you got to take it off. Just trust me. Just take my word on it, you know? And I mean, who is this person? Who is he calling that they have the <laughs> right, kind of control? Like, did he call the TV? That's what I was wondering. Did he call the TV station? How did he know their number? But they're like, all independent. Let's say he called NBC. What's going to take it off of CBS? You know what I mean? Like, right. It just this is definitely a plot hole. And yeah. um, but then but that's another well at least another three. You know the fact that three it comes up a lot uh, during the movie. There's a number three somewhere. There's threes pop up a little bit, and well, there's three TV stations. There's three masks, three TV stations. Mm -hmm. It's the third Halloween movie. I, I kind of like that. Um, mm -hmm. So at, in real time, no less, you're seeing these TV stations cutting to uh, like, oh, we're sorry, there's an interruption, and then there's a kid with the mask on, so he turns the channel, and then it goes to the other one, and then that one goes off. And then it goes to a third one, and that one didn't go off. And he's like, you know, so now he's he's freaking out, right? <laughs> yes. You got to stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, and then it kind of freeze frames on him. And... If it goes out, it means the death of millions of people, everyone watching. Don't you understand that? If... Well, say it's a bomb, then say, say whatever you want. Say whatever you like. Just get it off the air. Please, you just... I... No, no, I can't prove it. You've got to believe me. Believe me. Take it off the air now, please. You've got to at least... Please excuse the interruption. We're having technical problems. Please stand by. 
It's time. It's time. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Dark masks, gather round your TV set, put on your masks, and watch. All witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third gather commercial, it's still watch. on, please. Watch Take off the third channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to, please, stop it, stop it now, turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Uh, what it's did you very, think of uh, uh, what did you think of the final like the final scene there? What did you think of that? It reminded me of the Nicolas Cage scene in was it Wicker Man, where he's okay. bad acting and he's like yelling. Uh, it kind of reminded bees, me of that. Yeah. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no! Not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, I'm my eyes! yeah yeah whatever he was saying um it was it was silly it, it was um like we just talked about plot holes who's he calling how are how did he like just by because he was screaming at the the person on the phone they they interrupted the commercial and then the way he was saying stop it stop it stop like over and over it just it's just back to that bad editing like i was talking about in the beginning when you know the the guy pulled the things and the car rolled over to the robot it's just the the cutting and the the it was drawn out too long it just was very very corny but um it was a, i think they were doing it as a homage to the um body snatchers too with a yeah. vague ending like that it's uh, yeah and there's definitely like they're coming for you or something when the guy's freaking out at the end uh yeah i i've only seen the original one time and honestly i don't think i paid much attention to it because it really just wasn't my vibe and and mm -hmm. i was really into you know i i love the the 70s version which i hope we do some point watch that, that movie and talk yeah. about it because i mean i think that's a complete masterpiece and yeah, i'd love to talk about it but um but yeah uh I, I like I love the ambiguous ending where you don't really know, you know, like I'm glad that they didn't show a scene of all these kids dying. I'm glad there wasn't like a wrap up thing, like a newscast talking about what happened or Tom getting wheeled off to a mental asylum or whatever the payoff could have been. I, I like the ending. I, I, I appreciate it for what it was. I, I like ambiguous um, endings as well. I'm um, the thing. Um body snatchers i just watched as i said alien covenant and it kind of has an ending that leaves you hanging and you don't know how it's really going to end no I, yeah. I certainly like that but just the way this one played out and the acting was just like you know just kind well, of well, i think it's obvious that you don't like tom because like, i think no, i think yeah. the truth of it is is you're worried that tom is going to hook up with your wife and or with your mom and steal your beer you know what i mean he I know or your wife or something tom he's like he's going to take your woman wife. and steal your beer if Tom got anywhere near my wife, yeah, I'd be in trouble because he's such a chick magnet. My wife, dude, would have that no... mustache—you can't. Oh my gosh, it's undeniable. That... Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He will take your wife, steal your beer, and put his feet on your dash when she's driving away. <laughs> but he let me and grab her arm, smack her butt, all that stuff. Absolutely, yeah. she'll have she'll she won't better resist. Yeah. No. no. But um, so I guess. I guess we're at that part where we got to kind of do our the end here. I mean, here's what I'll say. Uh, it had some good good stuff, but it had a lot of bad stuff too. And let me go over the bad stuff. 
um, first because there's way more of that. The Stonehenge thing, we already talked about a lot of the bad stuff as we, you know, peppered in there as we were discussing the movie. The Stonehenge thing is, is makes zero sense to me. What was the point of that tie-in? It, it made it so convoluted. They could have done anything. They had, the, they had a free, an open canvas to come up with any idea they wanted for what this guy, how this guy was, um, or why he was... Um, going to do this whole thing with the masks, which they never really, there's no clear motive, right? What, why is he doing this? Just just to randomly kill kids because of witchcraft? Like, what, what's he trying to do? Well, I think he, he, he explained that he was trying to bring back the spirit of Halloween or whatever he called it. Um, oh, that, that's whatever, the explanation the of, of why he's... or whatever, yeah. So he's going to kill all these kids with, with crickets Well, that's and what snakes. you do. That's, that's how you do it. And... To the the amount of work and to get so they they're saying they got Stonehenge moved into their warehouse, and they just mentioned that yeah it was you should have seen how hard it was yeah it was a hell of a time right for why why would they of all the things to pick why would they pick tying in Stonehenge and witchcraft and tying those two things together to where they got a uh, you know, well, cause take Irish? chunks of Stonehenge. Because it's the Ireland, the Shamrock. Because it's, it's a so Irish, convoluted. They could have. Thing. There's the mythology about it. I don't know. I mean, I know what you're saying. I feel like there's other ways to get there. But when they showed Stonehenge in the in the warehouse, sitting there, I'm like, what? Really? They drug yeah. it in. How did they get it there? Like a helicopter? How did I just? I'm like, this is getting so corny at this point, and it's just poor writing to me they could have again this should have worked this would have worked so much better as a like a twilight zone episode because it had some cool stuff going for it but trying to drag this out into like a two-hour movie it just i think that was the big the big problem it's this was more cut for a for a tv show or maybe a, a short one hour story special right. yeah a short yeah. story but um episode of black mirror or something Exactly, or Twilight Zone, or what was the other one that I used to watch when I was a kid? Um, uh, Night Gallery. No. Um, uh, Outer Limits. Outer Limits, that's the one. Yeah. Something like that. It would have been great for that, because, you know, if you had these characters in suits, you don't know what they are, you find out they're kind of robots, you don't have time to really know what they are, and not knowing what they are is kind of cool, but when you do have the time, and you feel like they should be explaining things, and they still don't, it just comes across as like a plot hole, or what? What does that even mean? You're sitting there, you're invested in all this stuff that's going on, and they don't explain it in any way. There's just witchcraft mentioned. They they got Stonehenge in there. You don't know why this guy's even really doing this, and that just takes away from how it could have been much more scary and eerie and creepy. I don't know. They just didn't find that balance. Oh well, my overall thoughts of the movie is it's um definitely a second tier kind of movie. Um, it, it, it has a little bit of, I guess, campy, I guess you would call it, but it's, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's definitely uh low budget, right? Um, it could have, it could have easily been a made for TV thing. It, it could have been an episode of tales of from the dark side or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, right. yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has some faults, but even with that being said, it's kind. Of, I I kind of get out of it a different thing. Like I I just enjoy what they were doing. I enjoy that it was different. Um, it did. I don't think it. You know, I think if it wasn't called Halloween, like if they didn't try to kind of like try to keep. Because I think, from my understanding, if this movie did well, 
that was going to be the future of the series. They were going to go to the anthology format, and I kind of feel like the next one might have been Christine, because, you know, that kind of ah. feels like it would fit into that, right? Right. They could have maybe made that. I mean, I know that was a Stephen King novel, but maybe it they could have. Yeah. Maybe they could have made that part of this anthology um, yeah. series, you know, because then it would have been, you know, a little something different, like something evil, something, you know, maybe satanic, maybe witchcraft, right, right. whatever, you know, a little bit of that. So I kind of feel like that would have fit pretty well in this. Maybe have a yeah, vampire sure. story, maybe have something else. Like, I like the concept and I like the thought of releasing a movie that time of year, every year, something to look forward to. Like, I wish somebody would do that now. Like, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I almost think it would have been better than just keep on redoing. I know you like the Michael Myers series. But. Well, no, but in all honesty, I, I like one and two, and I like three being a separate thing. Like, if it was just called the season of the witch and not Halloween, like I think it would be looked at a little differently by some. But... Um, I, I like that. Uh, after that, I feel like it's just diminishing returns up until like 2018, which I feel like that's a good movie. And then I feel everything else is not so good again. So uh, I feel like there's more misses than hits in the series. Um, I think there's yeah. moments that are really cool, like various moments throughout the other movies that are good. Yeah. H2O has its high points, but um, I, I would have really I I wish they stuck with the original concept where Michael Myers was the first movie and then being that it done so well they could have just spun it off into a separate series and then yeah. continued with this Halloween anthology series I think that would have been pretty cool yeah yeah and I think with this one in particular like season of the witch the title is better than some of the con like that's a really cool title like and it could have been yeah playing off of that if they really would have put some cool witchcraft in there but i just didn't think they knew what to do with it they just mentioned witchcraft and they don't really explain it much at all and there's also again technology and tvs involved and stonehenge and it's just yeah. there's so many like things they're trying to well, cram well in that's there. one of the things i really liked is the fact that the connection with the halloween mass watching this like you know what you love a halloween special right you love the special mm -hmm. term you know i love yeah. that and I love I the too. fact that the the TV was going to interact with these masks and kill these I kids. Too. I feel like the execution was off, but yes. I love yes. the concept. I do, and too. I love the I love the fact that you know it's kind of like you know some of my other favorite movies. They live Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where somebody has this knowledge and coming off as a crazy person to try to tell other people. And yes, I love I how the protagonist starts off as a logical thinking person and by the end turns into this panicked maniac mm -hmm. and the movie comes full. It's you. We've seen it in other movies, the ones I mentioned, but I, I really like that, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree 100 percent. And I, also what I liked about it. Here's what I'll say. It was um, it was fun to watch. It's a fun 80s horror movie. Um, just chock full of problems. So right. I guess we won't go too much further with that. Chris and I have come up with a, a kind of a rating system for... Um, yeah, for, we'll, uh, we'll pick we'll, we'll pick like our favorite scene. Like It could be a kill. It could be if we're watching a, a comedy. It could be like a favorite, just part of the movie, things that we really enjoyed. But we'll try to like keep it to a scene. We're going to have a favorite scene and a dislike scene. We got names for them. Yes, and we're going to call the one that we like the Golden CRT, and we're going to call the, the one that we don't like the uh, Moldy Tape, which I think yes. is great. So, <laughs> Yeah, I like. I was really proud of myself with that. Yeah, that's great. So 
That being said, Chris, why don't you go first? What what is your golden CRT? All right, I'm gonna film? just I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one because I know I know that this is probably might be your moldy tape, but um, I did like the scene with with Buddy's family, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I know the execution was a little off, but I love the thought of like this innocent family being stuck in this room just as a way for you know. Because really, what is Cochran really doing at that point? I guess they're making sure the masks work, right? Yeah, but he's kind of yeah. flexing on Tom, right? He's kind of like, look yeah. at this, you know? So <laughs> I really kind of like that whole scene. I like, I really think that Tom kind of shines in that scene because his reaction def definitely is horror. You know, he's just like, oh my God. Like, uh, the thought of the fact that they went there and they killed the kid. You know what I mean? And you see it happened and, you know, you kind of had a connection with Buddy Jr. Not a strong one, but you've seen him enough times at this point where you kind of, you know, you know who he is. You, 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 you got the dad's personality. I feel like those characters stay true to their nature, right? The, yeah. the kid's a kid, so he wants to put the mask on and be a part of the show. Mom is kind of just like this innocent bystander who's a little naive. And once dad saw problems, he's getting out. He stuck, they all stuck <laughs> to who they were. The uh, I dug, I dug the way the room looked. I, I like the thought, that whole thought of like test studies where people are monitoring you from another room. Like I, I always like that in movies and in, and in culture. Like, I don't know. I think that's weird where somebody's on the other side of like a, a double mirror or whatever looking at you. So uh, even this was a, the, the, being surveyed by camera but you know what i mean it's the same thing yeah and uh yeah. you know people sitting back kind of taking notes and all that i, I like that so that that scene kind of that, that was the scene that always stuck with that was the scene that stuck with me as a kid so that gets my uh golden crt i, I don't uh, disagree what, i mean i think it's a good scene too except for the what the mask did that's my only problem with it did the whole everything else about the scene is is great it's it's classic 80s nonsense you know in, in a horror movie the mother faints, and the father's trying to get out of the room. The kids, and props to killing a kid too. That's pretty bold, yeah. you know, to, to kill a kid. That's pretty. That's pretty dark. And I do remember that scene stuck out to me. That's one of the scenes I remembered um, from my childhood as well. So it did have an impact on me because I'm thinking they just killed this kid. And it was back then as a kid that was creepy. But watching yeah. it as an adult, I'm like, okay, crickets and snakes. It's just it. They could have. It was lazy. They could have done so much more. I, I would have rather have seen blood just dripping out of the eye holes or something. And the kids slumping over. Yeah, yeah, I could agree something. with that. Like just blood coming out and him holding his head and, and screaming. But I think they, it could have been, yeah. Yeah, so. or like you said, maybe an explosion. Maybe his head could have caught on fire. I don't know. They, they probably could have done yeah. a little something else. Yeah. Um, but I, overall, I still dig the scene. That's still probably my favorite scene out of the movie. Uh, so what was your what, what gets your golden CRT? My golden CRT goes to the sound design and the music and that commercial because I think that's that yeah. I know that John Carpenter didn't write that little jingle but he did all these the sound design well, and the he's, I think noise. he's spruced it up I think they used yeah, the I London he Bridges had, but he added the dun 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 all that stuff yeah. I'm sure that's all him yeah so that that to me the little the peppering of John Carpenter in the film is my favorite part because I love John Carpenter and knowing that it's him. And I do think that is probably where the film shines the most is the sound designs and that commercial and the kind of the tone that it sets. 
So that, and like every time you see the robots, you hear that crazy sound. Um, and you know, it's, it's much like the thing, the thing has such a great soundtrack. It's all John Carpenter and it really sets that tone and makes you feel eerie and it just fits so well for an eighties horror film. And I mm -hmm. think this has that similar vibe and I really, I really enjoyed the sound design and the music in, in the movie. And that's what gets my golden CRT. Yeah. That, that commercial and all, everything around the TV when it's being played like that, that really stands out. Um, and you're right. The concept of the mask and the commercial—that's. I'm going to add, kind of include that as part of it because that's that's great too. They dude, just, I feel like we're going down into our our museum thing again. You're not sticking to the rules. You got to <laughs> pick a scene. You pick okay, a scene. The, you can't okay, pick the, the whole movie. The music and sound design is my goal. So then you're so to be more specific, it's the commercial. Just say it. That, that would say, say that. that's the main thing. Just yeah, say sure. that. All right, because that's okay. the only way this is going to work. We're picking a scene, the commercial. Duke. Okay. The commercial. All right. All right, so my moldy tape goes to... I'm just going to give it to the sex scene because I it, I just feel like it wasn't very erotic. It wasn't earned. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, nobody wanted to see Tom's butt other than some maybe middle-aged housewives at the time. <laughs> Um, probably why Tom's wife probably didn't want to see his butt. That's why she shot her face off in the other room. <laughs> you know, his real wife. Of but um, yeah, I, I I just feel like it just it wasn't necessary for the movie. I think if there was gonna be some sort of love thing, it probably could have came up a little later. Like maybe there could have been some more consequences, and maybe they could have like embraced and kissed or something. I don't mm -hmm. think they necessarily had to have sex. Like, whereas it were great with the Terminator. That made sense when Sarah yes, and yes. Reese, when they had it. And I think that's kind of, I feel like that's maybe what he was going for. I don't know, but I don't feel like it was earned. And I don't feel like it, it I don't feel like it fit, you know? Yeah, yeah it I fit agree. Tom's character, but why hers? You right. know what I mean? Like right. her motivation, his motivation, he's a horn dog. Okay, <laughs> right. I get him coming on to her. I don't get her coming on to him. Like it really just didn't make sense. So it didn't that make gets sense. my moldy tape. What what gets your moldy tape? I had difficulty picking my moldy tape because it was out of three things. The pick Stonehenge. One. Okay. You gotta pick one. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Stonehenge because right. that just was the stupidest thing in the world. It made no sense. It it, it was so silly and I just shook my head thinking what were they thinking who wrote this why would they just randomly pick this bizarre thing to wedge in there that they didn't really explain much so Stonehenge being in the factory and how do they get it there and none of it makes yeah. any sense that gets my moldy tape that's just absurd to me I, I, so. I, I don't disagree with that I kind of feel like it was probably just leaning in on the Irish stuff and they, they were but I, I don't know. I don't think it was necessarily necessary, but I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't hate it as much as you, but it, it is weird. It's very weird. It's weird. But I mean, very I guess. Weird. All right. Maybe if we're going back to the witchcraft stuff, witchcraft stuff, is there like um, maybe there's a history of that with Stonehenge that I'm not aware of. I mean, obviously, there was some sort of ceremonies going on there, right? Because of the shape of it and it's where it is and all that. I don't know. I guess, but if they were going to go the witchcraft route, then have some witchcrafty stuff. It was, yeah. you know, you can't have witchcraft in the title and mention right. witchcraft. And then have all these computers. And then have microchips and yeah. TVs and and robots. I just... Right. Pick, yeah, pick a I, theme, mean, I, you know? I think that's... I'm just trying to, like, 
think it through and i think that's probably why stonehenge maybe there's a historical thing but uh you know it doesn't really yeah. i i agree with you i i it, it it's weird and and <laughs> the fact is cute. not only that um why take the whole the whole rock because it looks like all they did was like shave off some little sliver of it it seems like maybe yeah, you could have just spent like millions right. of dollars rented a helicopter whatever the heck they did to right, get, a boat get it into or the something yeah. to get it <laughs> right. there right there had to be trucks just... boats and planes involved yeah just absurd so Makes no I, I don't know uh it was weird but okay so overall the movie we're gonna have like an overall thing is this is this a weekend rental or do you leave it on the shelf? Right. Let me go first. It? Yeah, go for it. Believe it or not, I'm going to say this is a weekend rental because I had a lot of fun watching it. It had lots of great 80s tropes that are that you want to see when you want to hunker down and watch an 80s horror film this time of year. There was enough in there that I enjoyed that I would want this in my collection, for example, and I probably would watch it again. Um, almost maybe in the background type thing. Right. Um, because it's just it's just fun it's a fun 80s horror flick it has so many problems but there's enough camp in there there's enough 80s tropes in there that make it an enjoyable 80s horror film for me so i would i would call this a weekend rental for me you know what i agree 100 percent. it's a weekend rental for me um i re-watching it i rewatched it yesterday i mean i've seen it several times but i i really wanted to like break it down and take good notes and i so i rewatched it yesterday and and I did notice like a lot of the faults were coming out more than the positives because I was being a little more critical, but I really do enjoy the positives. I love the music, like you said. I yeah. I love the thought of this small town that they went to, that it wasn't in like, you know, like some tropey, dingy part of New York or something. Like this was like some beautiful little countryside community. I, I like the thought of them being Big Brother. I love the TV. I like the mask. I like all of it. I just think some of the it felt like it needed a like it needed more carpenter is what it needed. Yeah, absolutely. If he would have directed it, I think this would be considered a masterpiece because I think he would have fixed some of the faults. Yeah. You yes, hundred percent. I mean? Because a lot of the faults were the directing and the pacing and the, yeah. the editing and all that kind of stuff. I agree. And, I mean, and... Think about think about this. Like, wouldn't have made more sense? Why, why robots? Wouldn't have have made more sense if there was just people like mind control or brainwashed sure. or in a trance why robots like there was no well i mean I, I the only thing i could think of is this like 80s you gotta you gotta go back to the time early 80s technology synth music you know that was kind of like the new thing um i, I you know what i mean like i think if you go to television there was probably a lot of the stuff going on and uh, whereas I agree with you, I, I feel like it doesn't quite fit with uh, witchcraft. Where did they make the robots? And well, I'm guessing that? it's, well, the, I mean, they kind of give you that with the fact that he was a toy maker. So, and the fact that they made a robot in 17, whatever, but uh, um, <laughs> they do mention they that. <laughs> they tried yeah, to make it work. Right. And I think animatronics, I mean, you got to go back. We're talking like Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz and... Mm -hmm. Animatronics was kind of a thing in the early 80s, right? That's true. I, I get so it. So I, I kind of feel like it fits the time. I think looking back from now, it feels like it's not, it doesn't fit right. I think then it probably did. I just think yeah. that, uh, 
like I said, I just think it needed a little little bit of direction from Carpenter. I, I, even though I do feel like the, the director overall did a good job because I like the movie. So, mm-hmm. but it could have been better. It could have, I, I think, could have been a way bigger movie than it was. I don't think it was ever going to be as successful as the original Halloween or even the sequel because the sequel was actually pretty successful too. And they didn't make as much money as the first one, but when you go by the budget and what it took, it took in a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I, I think that was probably the other thing that was kind of like an anchor to this movie, you know, the expectation. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. But I did love the crossover. Hit. I love the fact that they put it, the movie on the television. I, I love that. It, to me, it's just like, that is just cool. You know? I, I do too. And it, this is one of those, you know, it's um, not a, a great film, but it's a fun one to have part of this yeah. universe with Michael Myers and the whole Halloween franchise. It's, it's a fun little black sheep movie to kind of have in there to go along with all the other michael myers ones i think so well it's I, I like agree. the zelda 2 of the universe you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah you know it's right. like zelda yeah. and everyone after that kind of followed this similar formula and zelda 2 was like now nah, i'm gonna do this weird rpg thing so yeah and just like zelda 2 zelda 2 has issues but it's still a, i love a, a it fun game to play yeah. yeah and it's got great music too so absolutely and so does this yeah. <laughs> ironically right <laughs> so well, there you go. That's it. Anything else to talk about with the movie? or? No, I think we did a lot. I don't know. I think this we might covered be our longest episode. I'm not quite sure. but. <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, happy Halloween. So thanks for listening. And uh, with that being said, we'll catch you next time. Stop it, please. For God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to... Please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.